Karlsson, Karlsson, världens bästa Karlsson Karlsson, Karlsson, hoj här kommer Karlsson Karlsson, Karlsson, ingen faktiskt, ingen annan Karlsson Skulle jag så bra som mig Karlsson, Karlsson, Karlsson scores Karlsson, Welcome everybody to the Keeping Cock and Yemi Fantasy Hockey Podcast, the longest running fantasy hockey podcast in the world, where every week we discuss whether or not the Montreal Canadiens should or should not match the offer sheet for this very Cock and Yemi. I'm your host, Elon Dubrovsky. With me, as always, the fantasy hockey robot, the Poobah prognostication, the IPP, MVP, and also some other guys. We'll get to them in just a sec. But first, Brian Com. Hello, Elon. Hello, everyone. Elon, I don't know if you heard, I also got an offer sheet the other day. What does that mean? It, uh, it means it means that another podcast offered me much more, like millions and millions of dollars, to join them for next season. And you signed and they, it? They have to qualify me. This, no, I turned it away because oh. you're my best friend. Awesome, thanks. Well, screw you, fantasy hockey podcast, trying to steal Brian from me. But okay, so we've got a really fun show for you today, everybody, uh, because Brian and I are both here. Uh, we're live, by the way. Brian, your camera's not on, in case the people watching live might want to see you. But uh, yeah, we are live on the YouTube, and we've got a couple friends joining us. They are, you know them very well, if you've been listening to our show. Uh, so we've got, first of all, from the stream scheme and the greatest interviewer of of our time who's taken over the 32 beat series it's ben burnett welcome ben thank you i thought you were going to introduce cousin dave though because you said he was you said i'm on stream scheme it's close uh, same uh, initials but uh, i'm the short shift guy thank you for having me though i am very excited to be here uh i'm sorry for kind of wasting the uh, the intro platform but i had to give a shout out to my man cousin dave who uh, is waiting in the chat as well yeah okay so i blew that stream scheme short shifts these two s's they always like mess with my head i do this all the time i apologize but yes the host of the stream scheme podcast who just released an episode of ranking the top 10 left wingers in fantasy and i think goalies are coming soon was it right wingers darn it okay it's dave benton hey dave (laughs) hello elon hello brian hello ben uh yeah and Despite the rumors that uh, some people saw me at the airport uh, traveling somewhere with my sticks, I am remaining with the Keeping Carlson podcast family. Don't believe the hype. (laughs) All right. So we've got a super fun show for you today. The reason why all four of us are here is because we're going to be doing a fatal four-way mock draft. It's a really fun draft format where in the end, we're all going to end up with one player for each team. So we're going to get to that in just a sec. But first... Let me mention that Keeping Carlson is presented by DauberHockey.com, the number one fantasy hockey website in the world, and the creators of, I'm pretty sure, the world's first ever digital fantasy hockey guide, which is on sale right now. You go to Dauber Hockey. This is like a yearly tradition, right? You go to Dauber Hockey, you download the guide, and then you just keep downloading it every time there's new news throughout the preseason because he keeps updating it and keeps updating those projections. So it's the best. So check it out, DauberHockey.com. One other thing I'll mention before we get going is that it is not too late. If you're listening to this show and you're listening to this draft that we're about to do, you're like, I love drafting. Drafting is fun. Playing fantasy hockey turns out it's a lot of fun. Uh, well, we have a league that we're running uh, from Keeping Carlson headquarters here called the Keeping Carlson Ultimate Patron Fantasy League. It's a league that we've been running for many, many years now. And it's anyone can join. Anyone can become a patron of Keeping Carlson and join our league. It's a whole tiered system. So you start at the bottom tier. And then every season that you're successful, you work your way to the top. Uh, I'm actually uh, in a chat with two 
two former ultimate tier one champions in Dave and Brian, plus Ben, who made it to the finals in tier one last year. So this is a tough competition. But uh, yeah, you could one day be one of these uh, fantasy hockey royalty members by joining Kukupful. So check out Kukupful.com for all of your information. It's all linked in the show notes, but that's kkupfl.com. But okay, so here's the plan for today's show. Uh, This is how this draft is going to work. It's going to be a points-only draft, and there's going to be 32 rounds. And in every round, one of us is going to pick first, and whoever picks first in that round picks not only a player, but a team. You pick a team and a player from that team, and then the remaining picks in that round have to be players from the same team. So then by the end of the draft, we're all going to have one player from every single team in the NHL. Uh, I need a call on the field. Brian, should just Barry Cockney be available for Montreal or for Carolina? I think technically he's still a Montreal Canadian, but I think also we're wasting time talking about it because I don't think he's a top four fantasy option (laughs) on Montreal or Carolina or perhaps 30 other NHL teams, maybe 29. But if we get to a point where uh, we're on a team, we can call the Kotkaniemi rule if we would rather have Kotkaniemi over the fourth picked guy uh, from either NHL squad. Perfect. Okay, that's the plan. So we'll ring the buzzer when it's time to say that I'd rather have Kotkaniemi than whoever I have to pick right now. But okay, so we randomly drew the order of how we're going to do each round. And I have the first overall pick in the draft. And so it's going to go Elon, Ben, Brian, Dave. Then round two is going to go Ben, Brian, Dave, Elon. Then Brian, Dave, Elon, Ben. We just kind of alternate. So we all take turns picking in all the different points. Uh, but I'm going first and I'm going to make this pretty easy for myself and for everybody, at least. I'm going right to Edmonton. I'm taking Connor McDavid. I know there's some strategy here where like maybe you might want to take a player from a team when you have a first pick where the second player isn't like as good. So you get that disparity because obviously the strategy here. But for me, yeah, I guess I'm giving a gift to Ben who's going to get dry sidle for nothing. But uh, how can I not just take the player who's probably going to get like 130 points compared to, you know, like 30 points more than anyone else in the league. So, yeah, I'm going with Edmonton, going with Connor McDavid. And now it's Ben up to you for the layup second pick on the Oilers. Yeah, right. Uh, no. Uh, yeah. Leon Dreisaitl. <laughs> Let's go. Easiest choice I will probably have to make tonight. Sweet. Okay. So Brian, now you're up. Reminder to everyone that's listening. This is a points only draft. There's no position eligibility. So just at the end of the whole kit and caboodle, the end of the season, we're going to, you know, add up who had the most points. That's it. Maybe we'll also look at who had the best points per games played. So, you, you know, we could have potentially two winners since if you got a lot of injuries, then it's hard to blame it on that. But also, you know, it's up to you if you want to draft anyway, blah, blah, blah. That's the rules. Brian, it's your pick number three on the Oilers. For the record, the last time we did this exercise, I did have the best team by points per game. So I'm looking to repeat that and actually win the whole thing in raw points per game. You know, avoid any of that injury misfortune. And congratulations, Elon, for, for picking the one team uh, that I really just... Uh, picking third on any other team would be fine with me. Uh, not Edmonton. But here I am stuck here. And I think I am just going to not overthink this and go with Ryan Nugent Hopkins third on Edmonton. Okay. Yeah. Oh, uh, and so now Dave over to you. And yeah, that was one of the things I was concerned with. I was like, third is probably the not great spot that you want to be in, in this one, but yeah, Brian makes my decision easy for me, at least in my opinion, I'm going Zach Hyman. Um, obviously we can talk about a little bit more, but I'm willing to go with the top six forward over the defenseman here. Okay, there we go. We're done with the Oilers. Brian, please enter your pick into the spreadsheet when you have a second. Uh, And now we're up to Ben, who has the first pick in round two. I got to say, I I think I have the 
perfect situation here for myself because all I, the only thing I cared about going into this draft was hopefully getting a top two pick in Edmonton because I didn't want to have to to tease between uh, Tyson Berry, Zach Hyman, uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins. I, I would not have known where to go. So I'm really excited to both, you know, get Leon Dreisaitl and then take us over to the two-time defending champion, uh, Stanley Cup, Stanley Cup champion, Tampa Bay Lightning. I want Nikita Kucherov first, uh, first for those Lightning. Okay, of course you would, Ben. That's a great choice. Uh, really, the other team that I had marked as having uh, one of the greatest imbalances between their top player and their second best player. So, uh, you know, I, I'm I'm in trouble. I'm not loving the way this is starting, but I am going to go ahead and take Steven Stamkos second on Tampa. I don't think he's going to be within 20 points of Kucherov, but I, I suppose there's still hope that I can land within 30 points of Kucherov, which brings us to you, Dave. Okay. So yeah, I was between uh point and Stamkos. And so I consider them pretty close in my mind. So I'm going Braden point here. Yeah, that is definitely an easy pick, but not the worst team for me to go fourth on. I'm going to not make the mistake that Dave made and not take the defenseman like Dave, Zach Hyman over Tyson Barry. Tyson Barry showed us last year that he could be a 70 point guy on this team. Like Zach Hyman, sure, we expect him to be in the top six. What's that good for? Like 60, maybe that would be an awesome season for him. So you blew it there. I'm not going to make the same mistake. Give me Victor Hedman. I don't want some other top six winger on Tampa when I could just have a sure shot top power play defenseman. He's going to get me a ton of points. Hyman had like 43 points in like 51 games or something like that, which is higher than Barry. I don't think so. I think Barry uh, had like a 70 point pace last year. But anyways, we'll we'll look into the exact details. You blew it, but we'll find out at the end of the year uh, whether that's proven correct or not. So, uh, Brian, you're up with the first pick in round three. Okay, I am just looking through my spreadsheet and finding the team that I am uh, the most scared of drafting late on. To be honest, going back to Edmonton, sorry to to belabor the point, but I think Barry and Hyman and Nugent Hopkins all have an equal chance of being the third highest score. And don't worry, I'm not going to mess it. Mention Jesse Pugliarvi uh, directly, mm-hmm. just indirectly like that. Uh, all right, I am going to go over to uh, to New York. Uh, And I'm going to go from the Rangers and pick somebody else who should be right up there in league scoring with Kucherov. And and I don't know, maybe McDavid. It could happen. And I'm going to take Artemi Panarin. All right. And easy decision for me here. I'm going to follow up with Zibanejad. Okay, so that brings it to me. Yeah, that was another team that would have been really nice to go second on, though I do think that there is a big disparity between Panarin and Zibanejad. I I guess it depends how serious that uh, COVID injury was last year because Zibanejad fell a little bit below point per game and Panarin was obviously like a 100-point pace guy. But okay, so yeah, tough pick for me here. I guess I have to just kind of hope that the Rangers are going to, like I could go youth. I could go with one of these crazy, awesome young players that was drafted first or second in the last couple of years, but it seems like a bit of a big swing here. So just give me Ryan Strom. He's centering Panarin. He's usually good for like a 65-ish point pace. I could also have taken a Norris winner, which I guess Ben, so Ben has lots of interesting choices uh, on the Rangers, but yeah, I'm taking kind of a wimpy choice here in Ryan Strom. Yeah. Uh, obviously the next best player on the Rangers is Pavel Buchnevich. <laughs> devastating uh yeah i'm gonna go with adam fox here um i do think that you could uh you could do worse trying to chase a lafreniere type but i think fox is just a really safe player to get fourth in in this bracket i definitely think i'm at a huge disparity against brian but i think i have a pretty decent shot at staying pace with both dave and elon here 
And that well, brings us to Dave. You're picking the first team of our fourth round. So Edmonton, Tampa, and the Rangers are all gone. Dave, where are you bringing us to start the fourth round of this draft? Yeah, and so this was actually my second overall team that made it all the way to me here at fourth overall. It is someone that uh, Elon kind of spoiled in our previous chat. It's the Kings, and I'm taking Andre Kopitar. Man. I specifically wanted to not draft behind Brian because this is a typical Brian move when we used to do this draft format as kids where he'd pick the obvious player on a team where second place is so much worse. I'm going to have to use a second as the second king. Brutal, Dave. I'm going to remember this, even though I can't take any revenge because our format just only lets me uh, screw over Ben pretty much. But all right, give me a man. I'll go Arvidsson. I'll hope for a bounce back. I feel like all the like options here are going to be around the same. So I don't think there's that much difference. You could take Arvidsson second or fourth, but I'll hope I have him in my dynasty league. I'm hoping that he'll uh, do well, hopefully playing with the aforementioned Anjay Kopitar. Once again, it's nice to be able to, uh, to sort of feel like I'm at least keeping pace with the other non first overalls. Um, it's a really tough choice here. Cause it's hard to project who's going to play on the top power play in LA with a, uh, with Andre Kopitar, I would assume that that Victor Arvidsson is going to be there, but I also assume that uh, my pick will be there as well, which is uh, Drew Doughty. So Drew Doughty is off the board. So is Victor Arvidsson. So is Andre Kopitar. You know, if I was going for the next highest paid guy, I'd be looking at uh, Dustin Brown or uh, Phil Deneau. But I, I don't think I want any of those guys. Actually, while you're all drafting, I am frantically looking up all the information I can find on a fellow by the name of Vladimir Kachov. It's like Kachuk, but it ends with Yav instead of Uk. Uh, we could just call him Yav for short. And he uh, he is highly thought of in some circles last year in uh, his second full season with Scott St. Petersburg of the KHL. He had 38 points in 45 games. Dauber prospects has him as a highly skilled playmaking winger with tremendous offensive upside. Uh, Some really promising observations from Dave Hall back in June, 2021. And I'm just wondering whether I want to take a swing here, forgive me for talking about this so much because I my other options I've got Kempe, I've got Brown, I've got Ayafalo. Those are you know, if I really want, I don't, I don't think I want Velarde or Byfield. I think I'm actually more interested in this Ketchup guy uh, because he's you know he seems like he's going to land in the top six on the left side. But if it's not Kopitar's left side, then it doesn't really matter, does it? So oh boy, I think ah. Uh, this this is a really bad pick. You know, Dave, I thought L.A. was going to last. I thought maybe I was going to be one of the ones who saw the potential and the reasoning to pick them first. Uh, but I'm making this show very long with this conversation right now. Good. Brian, this, let me ask you. Let me interrupt you can't even a caught Kaniemi. <laughs> Brian, let me ask you a question before yeah. you make your pick. Where did you read all this? Like You're saying that he's highly sought of, this Vladimir Tkachev. Like, wh- where did you see this? Like, I'm just curious where this name is coming up for you. Okay, well, I will spill uh, that I do have one draft guy that I'm not going to name uh, where, like, who's already released their projections that has him at 54 points. So they have him uh, four points behind Victor Arvidsson. And then another draft guide. I'll spoil this one. This is this is from Dauber. Uh, Dauber's got him at 41. 
uh, like not far behind Velarde and Kempe and Deneau. Uh, but Dauber also has Athanasiu at 50. I don't mean to spoil, to spoil too much of it, Dauber's guide, but that's that's my hesitation. So, uh, you know what? I'm just going to play it safe and hope Dustin Brown. Uh, you know, give me Alex Iafalo. He seems to be set on the top line. I wow. hate them both. I really don't like this pick. What a uh, journey we've been on. Uh, I'm sorry. I, should I name the rest of the Kings roster just for completion's sake? I think we've got time. Okay. Sean no, okay. Locker, go. Jared no, Anderson. <laughs> okay. All right. So Brian, who'd you end up with? I follow. Yeah. Okay. And so and then keep that guy on your uh, radars. Everyone listening this Vladimir to catch you off. Uh, I feel like he would have been a fun pick for you, Brian, because he seems like the type you know of what? player. What? I've changed my mind. I'm what? going for it. All right, fine. Give us a no, I'm chance not. to win. Okay, Brian, come on now. It's a live I'll, show. Deci- I'll decide later. Okay, That's not how it works. Who's who's picking first now? Elon, it's back to you. you. Know, absolutely do not decide later. That is, that is. I am calling straight up. <laughs> I am vetoing that. I, I know it's not my show, but absolutely not. Okay, Remnants spe- of uh, Brian restarting a certain draft one time. So uh, we're, we're not going to do that. All right. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, Brian, this, when you say veto, Ben, it actually reminds me on the last uh, Big Brother, someone kept on changing their answer right at the end. It was like, okay, you have to lock in your answer. So, Brian, this answer I follow is locked and you can't change. Okay. I currently just changed it to Dustin Brown. Okay, so I'm going gonna- <laughs> to take away your right access to this spreadsheet soon. <laughs> okay. All right. So I am up next. I've got the first pick on a team. I guess I'll take inspiration from Dave making the second picker not have such a great time. And I'm sorry, Ben, but you know what? I don't have to apologize to you because I gave you Leon Dreisaitl. So now you could also take the second best player on the New York Islanders because I'm going to go with Matt Barzell. That really doesn't bother me too much because of uh, the ceiling on on forwards in New in uh, Long Island. Um, Matt Barzell could be a point per game guy or he could be a 70 point guy, you know, 10, 15 points up on a whole slew of, of fellas there. So really doesn't bother me to uh, to go second here. I will. Uh, you know what? I'll take uh, Anthony Beauvillier. OK, yeah. And the Islanders were kind of like a team like the Kings on my sheet where uh, I thought I could quietly go ahead and pick them because Barzal is not the most exciting player. But if you look at the difference between him and the rest of the team, uh, yeah, there's a, a pretty big gap there. Uh, but then I'm glad you took Beauvillier second because I had a different uh, second pick. And of course, I've held a candle for Anders Lee for many, many years. And that continues. He'll be back. He'll be healthy. He was really just getting going when he got injured last season. And I think he would have been um, really helpful to the team had he been healthy the whole way through. Uh, he was on a 58-point pace, 12 goals in 27 games. Uh, so like pacing for over 40 goals, if my rough math is correct. So I'm really excited to see what he can do now that he's healthy and seems to be uh, right back on his game. I don't think he's going to be worse than 50, and I think his upside is 60. So uh, I will happily take Anders Lee. Yeah, and uh, not much here left at fourth overall. I was hoping maybe Lee would fall to me there after that Beauvillier pick. But uh, like Ben alluded to, it's still very possible that uh, all these forwards could be within 10 points of each other by the end of the year. So that is maybe my one saving grace, but I'll go with Josh Bailey's because do you like Bailey's? And that's the only reason. <laughs> that's why. What's so you can from? say something fun. Okay. So uh, now we're on to our next team. Ben, you started off. I was down to two teams here, but I'm going to go with the one. I was more afraid of winding up with the fourth pick. 
Uh, I'm going to take Brad Marchand in Boston. Thank goodness, Ben. I'm I'm really pleased. This is a, a second pick that I really did want to make sure I had. And after missing a lot so far because of my draft position, it's funny. Elon randomized the order and he also had first pick. It's funny how that works <laughs> out. I will take David Pasternak second behind Marchand. You know, I'm still wondering. It's a little surprising to me that I personally don't have Pasta ahead of Marchand yet. But I, I think next year might be the first year. But that just says how amazing Brad Marchand is, is that still he, I think, going into the season is still the most valuable guy, points only, and big picture fantasy-wise. So yeah, uh, give me David Pasternak second on the Bruins, which brings us to you, Dave. Yeah, and kind of the same thing almost with the Islanders, although different range, obviously. I think these top four guys could very possibly be all within the same type range-ish. Obviously, some of those guys have a higher, much higher ceiling, and uh, some of them could have a lower floor as well. But they're all point per game-ish, I think, maybe except for the person that Elon's going to take, and I'm going to take Bergeron. Yeah, normally I would be really annoyed to have fourth pick on Boston because there's like such a big disparity, especially since Tori Krug is gone, like to not have one of these players on the top line. But it's not as bad this year. Uh, obviously, he didn't look that great on Buffalo, but he was pretty awesome on Boston, at least in the regular season. So I'll take Taylor Hall. Also, uh, just going back to the Islanders quickly, it's very interesting to me that uh, Brock Nelson didn't get picked. And I'm not saying that any of you made a mistake, but it's like this guy had a 65 point pace just two seasons ago. And this past year really fell right back down to a 48 point pace, which is why now he's being like ignored and maybe forgotten. Uh, I just because I'm not saying that Brock Nelson's like amazing or anything, but I in general, just my strategy has been when thinking of this season is not to put too much weight on on last year since it was such a weird season and who knows what was going on behind the scenes and maybe players couldn't train as much because of COVID and different reasons. So anyways, all that to say, I'll bet you that Brock Nelson and his previous two seasons are more representative than Brock Nelson last year. So that would be a reason why I might pick him if he falls, you know, to the fifth Islander taken. Elon, I'm really glad you brought him up because I also, I think I grabbed him with my very last pick, 18th, and I might have been at the front end. I can't remember, but I picked him up in the 18th round of one of our cupful mock drafts that we're doing with our patrons. Uh, if you are a patron, our Discord server, uh, we have a mock drafting channel where you can say, hey, I'm in for the next one. Uh, we filled five so far, uh, these slow drafts on Fantrax. And we're also going to fill some live ones, too, on Yahoo, where we have a couple of people scheduling those. So, uh, you know, something to consider. Keep Carlson.com slash patron if you're not in there already. Anyway, I got Brock Nelson so late. And in these mock drafts, I've been testing but i've actually been like doing like some emotional testing to see okay i'm gonna pick this guy here and then see how it makes me feel and then get a sense of how i'm gonna like how much regret or excitement i'll feel about it on draft day and so i've been using my late picks to just grab flyers I, i think i grabbed michael bunting in one of them as my 18th overall pick but when uh or 18th round pick. But when Brock Nelson is out there, this guy is so freaking steady. Uh, I don't mind Josh Bailey. I think his upside is probably higher, but Brock Nelson is just a steady, steady producer. And we also had fantasy tidbits in the chat mentioning Oliver Wallstrom as someone who didn't get drafted on the Islanders. Okay. My next, I I get first pick this round and I'm going to go to uh, a team that I think 
I was the second least interested in having the third pick from, if you can follow that, behind Edmonton. Uh, Why, what is fi- going on over there? <laughs> I live like about 500 meters from a fire station and it's too hot for me to close my window. So thank you for managing uh, while I... Wow. Talk through that. I guess I got that just worried means that he's it, got a hot pick right now. Yeah, I was worried it's so hot because maybe the fire's near you. But okay, you're <laughs> you're safe over there, right? Okay. Yeah, all's good. And uh, I'm going ahead and picking Patrick Kane from the Chicago Blackhawks uh, because he could really, really outpace the third scorer. Uh, the third best scorer on his team. And Dave, I see you've already, like, I don't even know how much he's going to outpace the second leading scorer this year, who Dave, you have already named as. Yeah. Thanks again for setting me up with a nice uh, second pick here. I'll take that to bring it. Man. Okay. First of all, I get fourth on Boston and miss out on the perfection line. Now I get third on Chicago and I miss out on Kane and to bring it. Uh, not great. Really tough pick here, right? Because like, I think there's one obvious name, but there's health concerns. And I hope if he's a hundred percent, it's an easy pick, but if he's not, I don't know, but I guess how can I not take Jonathan Taves and just hope that he's hundred percent and can get back to being the 60 to 70 point player that he was in the previous couple. He was even a point per game player two, two, three seasons ago. So uh, yeah, I'll take Taves. Obviously I'm nervous If this was a real league with like really high stakes. I might be wimpy and go with someone else like who I expect to be the top line center. We'll see if Ben takes him, but uh, all right, give me Taves, Ben, who you got. This is interesting actually to me. Uh, thank you for saying that. Um, yeah, for me, I'm actually not really looking at a center here uh, because without Jonathan Taves, it, I think the question marks become even greater. Uh, so I'm 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 too afraid to to go after Kirby Doc in a format like this. Uh, to me, it's between Dominic Kubalik and Seth Jones. I'm not as hype about Seth Jones having like a massive offensive season i think in categories leagues he's pretty interesting heading into next year but uh yeah give me dominic kubalik as the fourth overall pick so that covers the rest of chicago's hockey team which brings us uh dave it's now your first round pick and i just want to remind you i did you a great i've I, like i've really set you up nicely with my first round picks i took panarin you got zabinajad i took kane you got to bring it so you're gonna pick a team where the fourth pick i hope is really close to the first are we allowed to now use the time between picks to to try and make other like flatter people into giving us who we want is that what's happening right now because i don't know why why brian is is juicing the wheels here yeah brian i will never be able to give you a second pick yeah Yeah, i'm just asking for a good fourth pick (laughs) well okay yeah and this is entirely possible this is a team that offensively who knows right anything could happen uh this top player on their team could very well be within five points or even be outpaced by your pick. Who knows? He gets injured a decent bit. I'm going to Nashville and I'm going with Philip Forsberg. Yeah, I'm not disappointed by this at all. I'll say uh, like, yeah, Forsberg is great, but I also think that uh, for my second defense, when I've already got Victor Hedman, why not get Roman Yose? I know he had a bit of a down year last year, but I think he's a solid bet to be like a 60 point guy. And then the next on Nashville becomes a really tough choice. So I'm really happy to have second on this team and not third or fourth. So uh, Ben, where are you going to go with this pick from the Predators? Well, the 
the really scary thing about picking the predators, I think here is that, or, or picking after Yossi and Forsberg is just the fact that everybody is a very known entity and they're very dull, except for Ellie Tolbinen, uh, who I think has the potential to hopefully get up in the same vicinity as, uh, as Yossi and Forsberg. So I'll take the upside shot on Tolbinen. Oh boy. Yeah. So Dave, you didn't, you didn't do the thing that I was hoping you would do for me. And I, I won't hold it against you because I completely understand the strategy here. I'm just trying to figure out where to go with my fourth pick. Uh, I'm looking, do you know the Nashville Predators on their Wikipedia page have a section called the John Hines era? He's been head coach for like a year and a half. I guess there might not be better ways to define the era, but I definitely don't think he's defining uh, the last year and a half for the Nashville Predators. In any case, I am stuck between a couple candidates here, some who in past years I'd be really excited to draft, like uh, Mikael Granlund, Matt Duchesne, Ryan Johansson, uh, and yet... Here I am, uh, really, really stuck. So what I'm doing is I'm actually looking up in the John Hines era, which forwards have seen the most time on ice per game. So you got Forsberg and then Victor Arvidsson. And we've mentioned before that Mikhail Granlund seems to be one of the most favored players by the coaching staff. And he's been re-upped again. So I think I'm just going to go with the guy to whom the organization is tipping their hands. I want to go Duchesne for the high. You know what? I'm going Matt Duchesne because the upside is higher and I don't think he's going to finish that much further behind Mikhail Granlin. So give me Matt Duchesne as my fourth on Nashville, which would be thrilling in what, like 2015? Uh, well, never as the fourth on Nashville. But yeah, when it was on Colorado or Ottawa, there were times when that would have been good. He's been such a dud with that contract. Him and Johansson. I can't believe they're both like available as free agents in my dynasty league. And it's like, you'd have to, I, there's no way I'd even consider picking up one of them with that contract. And like for so many more years also, poor predators. But hey, if they got Grandland, I would have probably taken Grandland actually, but uh, too hard to argue. Not, like I can't argue too much with that pick. All right, I'm going to go to Minnesota next. Uh, this is a bit of a risky pick because I'm going to pick a player who's not signed, but I... Uh, I hope that he will sign. I guess the latest indications are that he's not, it's already like been confirmed. He's not going to play in the KHL next year. So where's he going to play? Right. So Kirill Kaprizov is coming to Minnesota. And I just feel like he's such a solid bet to be like point per game, maybe even with upside to be higher. I'm giving Ben a decent enough gift here at the second pick. I think I'm really kind of screwing over uh, Brian and Dave here with the bottom two, but yeah, I'm really happy to get Kaprizov here. Yeah. And like you say, Elon, Kevin Fiala is a very easy pick for me. Second overall, um, I see he and Capri. I think the thing with Fiala as a volume shooter is that he does have the opportunity to shoot the lights out for a season and potentially rival Kaprizov in points. But I, I would definitely take Kaprizov as the number one guy off the board. I'm just happy to uh, to not get stuck with third or fourth. So I'll uh, I'll defer to Brian on that one. Yeah, rub it in. Why don't you? Someone's going to have to be dishing to Kaprizov and or Fiala. So I am just going to, even though we we really deflated the season Matt Zuccarello had uh, on our last episode about guys who had overperformed their projections going into this past season, saying it's not likely to happen again. I still think he's probably the third best option on this wild team. I, I, there's one other center who I, I could consider, uh, but I am just going to hope that Matt Zuccarello gets one of Fiala or Kaprizov, if not both. Yeah, and my last pick was between 
Nashville and Minnesota, actually. So kudos, Elon. Good pick here. And not much left here for the fourth pick. I'll go uh, Jordan Greenway just because if he's ever going to do something, this is the year. So I'm kind of going a little bit more for potential upside rather than safe floor here. And maybe someone like Spurgeon or someone like that, but he stinks. I don't know. This team stinks. I don't yeah. like <laughs> if I was going for upside, Wait. Dave, I would have gone like a Marco Rossi or at least a Joel Erickson. Eck. You blew this pick. I was also going to say, well, I wouldn't go Erickson Eck. I might take Kat Kaniemi over Greenway. I, but Dave, do you mean like this team what? stinks for fantasy value? Or do you think uh, that like they actually stink? A little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. <laughs> okay. Well, Jordan Greenway is uh, age 24. So this will be, yeah, this will be his age 24 season. He could have that break at his fourth full one in the league. We'll see. <laughs> could you you could hear the smirk as I said that? But I, I, Dave, I love I, I love these these swings you take. I bends up. Shoot for the moon, you'll land amongst the stars. <laughs> I'm between uh, two teams here. One of which there's a big drop from player one to player two, and the other, uh, I think the top two players are, are pretty interchangeable and. I'm afraid of getting to the fourth pick there a little bit more. So, oh no, don't do it. Take do one it. where you don't mind the fourth pick. No, do the thing where you hate the fourth. I was pick. actually about to do the one where I I was about to reverse Elon, and now I feel like I uh, I'm gonna go. I just gave you Fiala. Thanks, Ben. You expressed earlier a distaste for you know this this wheel greasing glad hand. That's why I changed my mind yeah. when, okay. uh, when just reminding you. I think it's game, yeah. I, I think it's important you stay consistent with the principles you expressed earlier. You know what. I'm back on Team Elon. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm, going, I'm going to Colorado, uh, where I'm going to stack Nathan McKinnon right next to uh, right next to Leon Dreisaitl at the top of my lineup, and I'm looking forward to watching them play a full season together. So, Ben, was that the team that you think favors me or favors Elon? I think it favors. Uh, I think it favors Elon a little bit. No, oh, that's yeah, that's too bad. So I, I'll I take fourth I, on Colorado. Yeah, it's, it's not. That's what I'm saying. It's not that bad. However, the gap is pretty substantial from and one I, to four. Is is what I is where I end up coming down on it. Is, so is this the team that you were afraid of picking fourth on? No, it is no, okay. Brian. So we just I, said the fourth. No, I, I, no, I, I want to be very. I want to be extremely clear. I, I didn't have a direct enough answer, and I just hope and pray that I pick the team that you didn't want to have fourth on. And I look forward to your reaction. Like you'll, you'll tell me one way or the other. I hope uh, this is easy. I'm going to take Miko Rantanen uh, right behind Nathan McKinnon, who I, you know, I don't think is going to be too far behind McKinnon. Like this is obviously a smaller gap than dry to Nugent Hopkins. And I think uh, like, I, I, but I would even say maybe a smaller gap than Sam coast to Kucherov. So I would like to take Miko Rantanen, please. And that gives you, Dave, the third pick on Colorado. Yeah, I was a little bit closer on these picks than maybe a lot of people might think, but I'm just going to try and be smart with this. Stick with the forward and go with Landis Gog here. All right, so I get my uh, fourth defenseman or third defenseman. I don't mind, though. I've got now Yosi, Makar, Hedman. If this was a real draft for the couple, my D would be stacked and I'd be loving life. But uh, yeah, Kale Makar, definitely nothing wrong with him. I wouldn't be surprised if he breaks like a 70-point pace as a defenseman, leads defenseman in scoring. So uh, definitely not complaining about that pick. 
And uh, now it's up to Brian to go. Oh, by the way, I was going to say regarding Ranton versus McKinnon, I could even see Ranton outpointing McKinnon. Like I take McKinnon over Ranton and of course, in like a league, like the couple where like all of his shots give you all this extra value. But I think that Ranton and McKinnon are like neck and neck. So yeah, Ben gave a really nice gift to Brian, letting him take Ranton in. So you can't complain, Brian. Okay. You're just trying to make it like you. Okay. I, I see the games you're playing and saying that Ben's, you know, I'm not always playing games. Just... Sometimes I'm just trying to say interesting things. Like, <laughs> I... <laughs> uh, I think you're pretty nefarious when it comes to drafting and cutthroat, which what is what makes you an excellent uh, couple tier one competitor. All right. Stop stalling. All right. Uh, I don't need to stall. I'm going to Florida because this is a team that I, I, I could manage fourth pick on, but I'm not that excited to get in. David's another gift because I actually think the gap between one and two here might be similar to what Elon thinks the gap is between one and two on Colorado. And I'm going to go ahead and take Alex Barkov first from Florida. Two of his last three seasons, he's had point paces of 95 or higher. And uh, he's just been on this upward trajectory for a while. He seems so well supported by his line mates. He seems so well loved by his coach. He is a dangerous, dangerous man on the power play. And these are all the reasons to think Alex Barkov once again has 100 point upside. And I think he could go even further. Yeah. And someone who's also right around that upside. I don't, I think it's very clear one, a one B in this situation, but I'll take Huberto and uh, your check is in the mail. Kind of sir. man, like Dave, I just feel like, why can't you give me these kinds of picks? Like you took Kopitar and maybe take Arvidsson. Then you took Forsberg where I got Yozzi. It was a little better, but like Brian, you've changed. You've gotten soft ever since you had a kid or something because you used to be more cutthroat. Now you're just giving Dave, like Dave is like trying to throw the draft by picking like Hyman over Barry and picking Jordan Greenway. <laughs> but you're like making it that he's going to be able to still likely win because of all these great second picks. Well, you uh, didn't but- mention Landeskog over Makar is another throw. Dave, no. I, 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 that's a throw. Throw. They're both but, like 70 pointish guys. I Elon, think. You said at the start, you didn't want to be right behind me and you were relieved. Well, I am picking the teams that punish you for being two spots behind me. Okay. Look Going out of my way to do it, especially after the last round. All right. So let's focus maybe on the content that people actually care about, which is uh, talking about these players. And so. also, once we get into these teams a little bit, maybe further down the list, I don't think this is going to come down to a Greenway pick necessarily. Let's yeah, just I would say that. Not. All right, so uh, I'm third on Florida here. I could go a couple ways. I could go with a guy who just crushed it with Barkov all season long last year. Uh, But I'm going to go against... My instincts are generally not to bet high on a player on a new team. But how can I not go with Sam Reinhardt, who just has all the upside in the world. And now he goes in this amazing situation going from Buffalo to Florida. So if he's like a 65-ish point guy on Buffalo, I'm hoping he's like a 70, 75-ish point guy on Florida. Obviously, it depends a lot on deployment, uh, but I expect him to get top power play over uh, who I think Ben will take. But I guess we'll find out in just a sec. I, I, whatever. It's not as if I'm like, I'm going to say a name. Then Ben's I'm like, oh, wait. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that guy. I think Ben knows this stuff. So yeah, I was deciding between Reinhardt and Verhage, uh, but I'm just going to stick with uh, Sam Reinhardt. So now I've got two players on new teams because I've also got Victor Arvidsson. So this is going to be fun. And Taylor Hall's kind of on a new team. All right, Ben, so you got fourth on the Panthers. Yeah, so I was between Colorado and Florida. I really didn't want to pick fourth. I I, I was leaning Florida because I didn't want to end up picking fourth here. Um, I had the same one, two, three. Although, actually, I prefer Huberto to Barkov. Um, when I was looking between those two teams and trying to decide if I'd rather have McKinnon or Barkov on my team, or actually it would have been Huberto because I preferred him number one. The gap between Ranton and McKinnon also felt 
uh, smaller to me, and it is by points per game played. But Rantanen has really struggled to stay healthy in in a way that um, that Barkov and Huberto and McKinnon have not. So that's what ended up sort of tipping the scales for me in that gap. I'm going to take Carter Verhage here. I did consider going with uh, with Sam Bennett just based off of how hot he was to finish the season. Um, kind of an interesting upside play, especially in bangers leagues, but. Hard not to go with uh, Carter Verhage coming off the incredible, uh, the incredible sixty-nine point pace that he had in twenty twenty-one. All right, and moving on to the next, I'll just say there a little bit of interesting tidbit. I actually had Ekblad third, just because of that solid floor that he's going to have there all by himself on that power play. But I guess we'll see. Uh, so moving on, the next team that I'll be leading off here is going to be the Vegas Golden Knights. Um, I think there's a pretty substantial difference between their top couple forwards here. So Elon, you're welcome. I'll take Mark Stone. All right. Thank you. This is more like it. Uh, yeah, definitely. I'd have Ekblad or maybe I shouldn't say definitely. I'd have Ekblad third on the Panthers for like a couple type league. I'm not sure about points only, but yeah, Ekblad's definitely going to be someone who I, I wonder how much of a steal he'll be in drafts next year, just because like, it seems so obvious that he's going to have this like huge breakout season if he stays healthy, but maybe not everyone realizes this depending who you're drafting with. All right. So yeah, you took stone. Give me his uh, line mate patches and I'll just move it right on to Ben. And uh, I think for me, the issue with Vegas is that their forward group has shown struggles to convert at high rates. Um, And so I'm going to take their number one defenseman, Shea Theodore. We've had like some conflicting info about Theodore and Petrangelo, right? Because uh, we all think Theodore is going to be the higher scoring defenseman. But David Shane on the 32 Beats interview was like, you know, Petrangelo hasn't done anything to lose the job and the organization still loves him. But of course, we could also see uh, Vegas potentially just splitting two units and giving them equal time, which uh, would mean that they wouldn't have to formally demote Alex Petrangelo, but he might still fall second in defensive scoring to Shea Theodore. So this leaves me choosing between uh, that D part, the, the, the other high end defenseman, Petrangelo. I could go Chandler Stevenson because he's between Stone and Pacioretty. I could go Evgeny. Da- no, I'm kidding. I'm not going Dadanov. Uh, like William Carlson would be another candidate, but the one I haven't named and the one who I'm going with is Jonathan Marsh. So just because he's steady, he's someone I feel like I can rely on. Um, he's not going to be anything exciting, even though I think if he was given a top line role again, I think he could be a 70 plus point player, but of course Vegas likes having him as their second line player and he still gets pretty substantial power play time too. So all that together, I feel he's pretty reliable for 60 points plus five if things go well. So that's why I'm going to go with Jonathan Marshall. So as my fourth on Vegas. Yeah, I think that I would have probably even gone Marshall so above Shea Theodore. I think Marshall's like just a solid bet for like 60, 65 points. Like you say, I think Theodore, that would be like awesome if he hit 60. But uh, yeah, I would have gone Marshall. So good pick there at four, I think. All right, so we are 12 teams down. We've got 20 to go. We'll be back with the remaining 20 picks in just a sec. You're listening to Keeping Carlson. All right, we are back. Uh, I've probably been most recently selling you insurance if the ads haven't changed yet from what's been going on in the past few months. Uh, So I've got the first pick here in round 13, and I'm going to go to a team where I'm curious to see if you guys agree with me. I think there's a pretty big difference between first and second. I know a lot of people think that like there's a lot of great players on this team that will do well. And I think it's uh, it's tough call. I'm going to Carolina. 
I love Sebastian Ajo. I think he like there's a lot of like talent on this team as we're going to get to in just a sec. But I think Ajo was like the clear like above point per game caliber player here. And I think the rest of them are closer to like 70 points. It's not like as big a difference as some of the earlier picks. But uh, yeah, definitely happy to get Sebastian Ajo so late in this draft. I'm going second and I'm very happy to go second here because I don't know that I see really much to separate. I I wouldn't be shocked at all if this turned into a Florida situation where either of the first two players to go uh, ended up with the most points at the end of the season. Give me Andre Svechnikov. Okay. Yeah, Carolina is really horizontal. I think once you get past Sebastian Ajo, then it's like four players who are going to be somewhere between 60 and 70 and maybe all within two or three points of each other. So uh, I'm not like, I'm, I'm disappointed to not get first pick. And uh, Svechnikov makes sense as a second pick because he's going to do fine. And then he has the, the potential to do even more if he does get a consistent power play one role by bumping someone like Jordan Stahl. And with my Carolina pick, I'm going to go with someone who I said on our episode of players who overachieve their projections, but uh, we can expect more of the same, like more good stuff from him this year with Vincent Trocek. I'm doubling down on my take that Trocek is not going to get bumped from that top unit. And uh, man, if he does, I'm in big, big trouble. So uh, that's that's the move I'm making. I'm going Trocek third behind Svechnikov and Aho on Carolina. I really think it's six of one, half dozen of the other for anyone who's not Aho. So Dave, who is part of your half dozen? Yeah, and I and you guys talk about tears all the time. In regards to specifically Carolina, I felt like there's Aho top tier. I would kind of put Sveshnikov and Trocek in that second tier. And then there's another tier here between Tara Vinen and Martin Natchez. I ended up going with Martin Natchez for no other reason than uh, in our top right wing uh, for the next year podcast for the stream scheme. Mason had taken him as an honorable mention. I kind of trashed him a little bit, but a little bit of tip for all you listeners here, always draft the people you trash. So that way you win either way, either you get a great player or you can say like, Hey, you were wrong. You were dumb. I was right. Kind of thing. I love that. Before you explained it, I was going to actually say like, Dave, are you sure you don't mean like always trash the people you draft? So like you're taking down their value at the table, but you're just saying no, like either way you're going to be right because you've added them to your team or you said they're garbage. Brilliant. That's right. Yeah. It's like betting, betting on the team that your, uh, your hometown team is playing kind of thing. All right. Really interesting display of uh, cognitive dissonance for us all to to observe. (laughs) Great life tips from Dave. Uh, All right. So Ben, you're up uh, to start round 14. Mm, What a, what an interesting theory. And I, I do appreciate it quite a bit. Uh, I'm going to take us to Vancouver where I want in on the Elias Pettersson renaissance heading into next season. I think he could have a nice bounce back after his, uh, his first off season of his career. So uh, yeah, that's uh, that's me. Assuming he signs Ben. I mean, well, he's going to play, right? Of course, the, the danger for Vancouver is that he's offer sheet, but he's going to play somewhere opening night, I assume, unless he's really holding out and knowing offer sheets. I just want to see the floodgates open. We all do. Uh, I want more soap operas, please, in the NHL. Really, I do. I like them more than the hockey sometimes. Uh, but Ben, I have to thank you for being a, a good buddy. If we were in a soap opera together, 
Uh, I don't know. I don't watch enough soap operas to finish that sentence, but I am just pleased that I get to pick JT Miller, who I think uh, is pretty close to Elias Pedersen in how I project him to do this next season. And I think those two kind of stand over and above the next group in Vancouver. So Dave, I'm curious actually to see where you're going to go and why it's going to be I'm trying to think of like a depth defenseman on Vancouver and failing right now. Tyler Myers. Oh, this is a soap opera. This is the menage a trois right here. So I'm taking Brock Besser um, or people like to hear me say Brock Bozer. So <laughs> he was great last year. I think he really filled in as like that. He kind of realized his potential a little bit. I think he's just going to go up from here. I think all those guys are kind of interchangeable, not only, uh, they play together, but also I think their point value is going to be pretty similar where I'll let Elon take his uh, 20th defenseman here. Yeah. Again, you guys are just leaving it with me, but I mean, for the fourth pick on Vancouver, how could I not? But at first I need to disagree. I've been being like following our rules and waiting my turn to like comment on these picks. Brian, uh, I think you blew it uh, by taking Trocek over Tavo Teravainen. Like, yeah, for sure. In a multi-category league, I'll take Trocek and all of those shots and hits. But I, I would take Tavo above Trocek. I think Tavo's like a solid 70-ish point guy. And I think Trocek's maybe closer to a 60 point guy. That's my opinion. And it also, was, I... Oh, it was ahead. very close. Like, like I said, I think it was really flat. I don't think, I don't think we could accurately... I, like, I don't think there's a whole lot to pick from between I mean, them. So I'll, I hear your point. We're all, jump, we're all jumping in now, right? This is when we're supposed to. <laughs> no, talk. it's my we're supposed, to, we're supposed to respond to Elon when he calls us out on uh, on his pick. Is that- no, the rule <laughs> is that when it's our pick, we talk and no one else interrupts. So Brian, I guess, is the host of the show, is using veto power on that. But anyways. Yeah, but he had a head injury for like all of last year. That's exactly. Scary, you're, you know? you're talking about Trocek. No, he's talking about Teravainen. Teravainen. Was, you're talking about Teravainen. I Sorry, that's who I meant. I just yeah. thought you were. Yeah, okay. Yeah, but exactly. That's why I think that a lot of people are going to discount Teravainen and assume that what he did last year is representative. And I think it's totally not representative. I mean, I don't think it's representative, but he also didn't immediately get his deployment back when he came. And I don't know because he came off a head injury. No, I don't know if it was a health thing because I didn't really seem consistent even once he was back for a handful of games. So uh, that's that's it's a gamble either way between Trojak and Teravainen. Thank you for bringing it up, Elon. I appreciate it. It's a good point. Yeah, I guess for me, like, I feel like Trocek is a bit more of a gamble just because I'd be worried about that deployment. But we'll wait and see. Also, Brian, I guess I will also respectfully disagree when you said that JT Miller was such a gift because I feel like Patterson, Miller, Besser. Well, no, Patterson, I think, is for sure number one. I think Ben made a good pick there. But I think Miller, Besser, Hughes, I have them all as like likely 70-ish point guys. So I feel like I got the gift of getting fourth pick on Vancouver. Mm. All that said, Brian, now you could respond because it's your pick. So have at it. Would you disagree with the statement that Miller finishes closer to Patterson than Besser or Hughes finish to Miller? Yeah, I I think that Miller, Besser, and Hughes are around 70-ish. And I think Patterson's closer to like 80-ish. That's okay. Them. Yeah, that's interesting. So I, I have Miller right up there with Pedersen. That's that's the difference. I guess we'll have to wait and see. Of okay, I am going to go uh, over to Toronto with my first pick. And Elon, this uh, this is, I really don't don't mean any ill, but this is a team that I definitely wanted a top two pick on, and I'm very happy to take Austin Matthews, who also might be the highest scoring player remaining. In this draft, which, you know, this draft is very Vorpy. You basically just want to pick the guys who have the greatest value relative to the other players on their team. But I'm still happy to have a game breaker like Matthews, whose upside is the sky. 
right? He could go just as, as big as he wants to go. So I will happily take Austin Matthews as my first pick from Toronto, which Dave gives you the second pick on Toronto. Once again, appreciate it, kind sir. I will take Mitchell Marner. Yeah, and honestly, Brian, I don't think you're screwing me over too badly just because, yeah, I know last year Tavares had a down year. Uh, but I think, again, my policy is not to read too much into last year anyways. And I think Tavares, while he's not like at the same level as Matthews and probably Marner, especially if last year's any indication, I think that Tavares could be a solid like point per game guy. So I'm definitely not going to complain. I'm sure Ben's not going to complain with his uh, fourth pick either. So I think Toronto is like, yeah, you want to have number one or number two, but you're not crying about having three or four. Yeah, I, ha- I was between Vancouver and Toronto heading into my pick right before this. I wound up going, uh, obviously, with Vancouver. And the reason was I was kind of split between Garland and uh, and Quinn Hughes at fourth, um, just because I think Garland has the upside to be a, a very productive player next year. But overall, I, was, I'm, I think William Nylander is a very easy pick for me here. So I, I'm happy to take him at fourth overall. All right, so next team, I'm going with the Detroit Red Wings because I think that there's someone who is head and shoulders above the rest of his team here in terms of potential fantasy value, and that is Jacob Vrana. I think he can break out here. And also, I kind of want to force Elon to take someone that he said has only ever had one good year above replacement. So let's see if he does that here. Yeah, I mean, okay, I was, Dave's referring to in our vote in the Discord when we've been ranking players every day, and today uh, Dylan Larkin went ahead of Jonathan Marcheseau, and again, this is not for points only, this is for like a cupful scoring, and I would have probably taken Marcheseau as a more solid guy over Larkin, who I'm a little bit worried about, but not worried about enough to not take as the easy number two pick on Detroit. I was assuming when I saw that you had Detroit there that you were going to take Larkin, and I was going to decide between Verona and another player that I guess Ben might take, which is actually a risky choice. So I'm happy to just get Larkin here, which I think is like a consensus number one pick on as second on the team. Yeah, I was I was shocked when you said Jakob Verana there, David. I do think that uh, Verana is the the no doubt number. Like it's Larkin or Verana for sure. Uh, I'm going to go with Tyler Bertuzzi at third. How could you not? Elon, you weren't trying to scare Ben off, but you said it it could be risky to take Tyler Bertuzzi because of his injury history. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's risky, right, Ben? Uh, But Ben, you still went for Bertuzzi. I think that's the, the smart pick. Even if he misses 20, 30 games, he still could be the third highest scoring Red Wing, which leaves me the task of picking the fourth highest scoring Red Wing. But first, Elon, I just want to go back to your Toronto pick for a second. And you said Tavares isn't that far behind Matthews. I, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I said <laughs> okay. that I think that he's not a bad third pick, but I see him as like point per game. And I see Matthews as like hundred plus. Yeah. So I, I think that's, I see Tavares is not quite point per game. We talked about last year, how uh, he wasn't really looking like himself on the score sheet, but on the ice, everything looked about reasonable. What happened was Matthews, like the scale just tilted towards the Matthews line. They weren't being deployed. Those top two lines evenly anymore. Matthew's line was getting more time and Matthews was playing more of a power play role. And I just feel like that's going to stick. So I think Tavares at point per game is pretty rich. I'm happy with him, you know, around say 75 points, which isn't that far off, but I would actually have him, uh, you know, and I'm going to, I'll, I'll put it out there. I'm going to go, I'll take the under on 76 for Tavares rather than the over. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay, so my fourth pick for Detroit. Yeah, there's a lot of guys who this could be. I'm going to name them all. Philip Ronick, Pius Suter, maybe. Um, 
there's Fabries, Dina, Adam, Ernie. Wow. And none of them really jump off the page, right? And I kind of want to pick Ronick, but ah, he just he scares me a little just because he's never really been given the keys to that power play. And uh, I'm concerned that that will somehow still be the case. So I am going to go and bank. Uh, this is this is the Vladimir Kachov memorial pick. And I'm going to go with someone who I know a little bit more about and who might be closer to an NHL breakout in Philip Zadina who I, I don't know if he's actually any closer, but at least I know where he's going to sit on the depth chart and that he's like a lock to make the team. So give me Philip Zadina fourth on Detroit, which means Elon, we are back to you picking your team. Yeah. Detroit would have been a tough one to pick fourth for sure. I, I would also have stayed away from Hironic just because I don't know if Nick Letty bumps him from the power play. I'm not saying I'm so excited about Nick Letty, but it would make me a little nervous about uh, Hironic. Dave, is that your hand up there? Oh, please go ahead. Yeah, Brian, is this a Kakanyemi pick? Oh, uh, no, it's not. I really don't think we're going to get to one, but I can't wait to find out. I would still prefer Philip Zadina to Jesperi Kakanyemi in a points only league. Oh, well, the Canadians didn't prefer Kok- or Zadina to Kakanyemi when they drafted Kakanyemi. <laughs> and now we'll see uh, what they think about him and if he's worth $6 million. So, okay, my pick is a tough one, actually. I'm trying to decide where to go. I think I'm going to take a, I guess it's a risk, but I don't want to play this game of like trying to figure out who's going to get contracts or not. I'm going to hope that Ottawa is going to get their stuff together, sign Brady Kachuk. And I know he hasn't like really broken out yet. Like as like the huge point producer that we expect, he takes so many shots for some reason, not a lot, not a lot of them have been going in, but I do think that he should have the potential if he does have a higher shooting percentage to be like this, like 65, 70 point guy. And I think it's kind of tough on Ottawa. There's some guys that I definitely like, but I still think it's like not as many people that are a sure thing as your uh, Brady Kachuk. So give me baby Brady here. And then I'm actually quite interested to see where Ben goes. I, I don't, I'm not sure what I would do with second on Ottawa right now. I actually don't really have any issues just going straight for Tommy Shabbat. Uh, just the, the easiest money left on the board in, uh, in Ottawa. And I, I kind of see him. I, I wouldn't be shocked at all if Ottawa was a team where a defenseman led the team in scoring next year. So happy to take Thomas Shabbat. I think that was a, a clever pick, Ben. Uh, there's a lot of guys who like, yeah, they could break out and beat Shabbat or they could fall a lot short. But Shabbat is, like you said, the, the very safe, safe money uh, in Ottawa. And I could I agree with you. I could see him uh, coming up and nipping at Kachuk's heels for being the top scoring Sen. Mm, Ottawa actually reminds me of Carolina where you have your clear top pick and then the rest are about even, except the rest are, I think, closer to the top pick in Ottawa than they are in Carolina. In any case, uh, I feel like I have three picks that I could make here and end up with a very similar result. I am going to go with the one who showed, uh, well, the most fantasy flash last year through the season, and that's Drake Batherson. I just, uh, well, I'm not going to, Dave, I'm, I'm Dave. I'm sure you know the other names. Like uh, I'll just throw a couple out there: Tim Stutzley and Josh Norris, who came and went through the year. As did Batherson, but Batherson had some really exciting, sustained runs and uh, was really successful on that power play too, while putting up a 50-point pace over 56 games. So that is why I'm going to go Drake Batherson third on Ottawa. 
I am disappointed that I couldn't get to take Drake Batherson, Drake Batherson. But uh, no, I will take big time Timmy Jim, Jimmy Stutzler here uh, and go with the upside and just hope that, you know, he can make it happen. Okay. I think I'll, uh, in, in honor of Cousin Dave here, I'm going to hop right over to his favorite team and, and his, his home city of Pittsburgh. And I'm going to grab Sydney the Kidney Crosby. All right. Yeah, everyone knows that famous nickname. And and Ben, I'm actually relieved the round where Dave picked Detroit. I was sure he was going to Pittsburgh. And of all the teams remaining, Pittsburgh is the one that I absolutely do not want to pick last on. Uh, so thank you for helping me avoid that fate because I, I was going to have to. OK, great. Well, I can't wait for you to tell me exactly why you think uh, your fourth pick on Pittsburgh can run with the top two or three, uh, but I'm going to name the second pick on Pittsburgh as Jake Gensel. I'm not going to overthink this. Uh, of course, you've got, I'll put his name out there. You've got Malkin, who could be really great in an 82-game season, but man, he has burned me so many times. I'm not ready to get burnt again. And honestly, even if Malkin does play a full season, I'm not sure he outpoints Gensel at this moment. So, I am happy to take Gensel second overall. And Dave, that gives you third pick. Yeah, and and this is a tough pick here at this point, depending on draft philosophy here. But I've been shooting for upside the whole draft. So I'm going to go ahead and go Malkin. It's entirely possible that he's going to be out for a while. I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't play until Christmas or something like that. But also wouldn't be surprised if he pulled a pasta and was you know, pretty much ready to go right to the beginning of the season. So if he is, he's in a contract year, so he's going to be playing great and hopefully be a little bit more willing to battle through those injuries maybe than he usually is. But uh, let's see you finish it off here, Elon. Okay. Yeah. I thought maybe there was a chance Malkin would fall to me and I would have been happy to take him there. Uh, there was a really interesting tidbit from my interview with Jesse Marshall about the Penguins that one of the reasons why Malkin maybe had a really slow start was because he didn't get to practice like all the summer before last season because like they couldn't find a rink for him with everything shut down for COVID over in Russia. So uh, I get fourth now in Pittsburgh. I can't take Malkin. So I think I'm going with another defenseman, I guess. And, and I've got all the defensemen who I see as being potential 70-point guys. Chris Letang is actually someone who uh, we used to think as super injury-prone, but last year he uh, played the full year. So hopefully we're seeing the dawn of a new era and Chris Letang could be healthy and maybe he's not as risky of a pick here uh, in a contract year as well. So let's see if the Penguins end up seeing enough from him to extend him or if we're going to be talking. It'll be really crazy next summer if Letang walks. We have to try to figure out who's the next best guy to take uh but for now he's definitely there and so i'm gonna go with Latang, and that leaves brian to i guess you could say brian do you still feel so bad for me that i'm getting Latang here on pittsburgh i wouldn't feel bad for you even if i did think it was an awful pick but <laughs> i uh it's honestly it's it's not that bad it really isn't uh, i didn't want to have to part of it was the injury history again but he's played knock on wood most of the last two seasons he's missed uh, if my math is roughly right, about 10 games over the last two years, which is great. That would be so good if he could uh, just continue staying healthy. And he's been essentially a 70-point player in two of his last three seasons, which would bring him pretty close to Malkin. Uh, still a distance from Gensel, but yeah, not a bad fourth pick at all. I, I thought maybe Brian Rust would be an option as somebody who you're more certain is going to play and can probably hit the mid sixties, but uh, good for you for going high, high upside with Chris Letang. Uh, okay. 
with my first pick, I'm going to go to a team that I just, uh, it gets fuzzy real fast for me in St. Louis. So I am going to go ahead. And again, this is another situation where I am doubling down on something I said in a previous show. And that is that David Perron is for real. And we need to start respecting him as the St. Louis Blues leading scorer in 2021-22. They rely on him for power play points and he delivers. So that is why I am very confident. I'm pretty confident picking David Perron first on St. Louis, which Dave, I think gives you a a pretty good spot to take for St. Louis. Yeah, I actually have this guy ranked first overall because I refuse to respect David Perron. (laughs) (laughs) It's uh, Ryan O'Reilly. He's a pretty uh, sure thing here, and I'll be glad to take him second on the Blues. Yeah, this is uh, the second big upset to me in terms of like a first pick not being who I thought it would be with uh, Veron on Detroit and now uh, Perron on St. Louis. I'm ready to respect Perron, but I still wouldn't like take him over Ryan O'Reilly, who I think is the more sure thing. But uh, Brian, obviously got to shoot your shot sometimes. Uh, That brings it to me. This is a really tough pick, I'll be honest, because like I want to just say Tarasenko. But obviously, there's all this unknown about is he going to get traded? Is he is he healthy? Like, what's all that about? Uh, and then they also now have Buchnevich. They have Braden Shen. So it's like, I feel like there's two, like, solid guys. Or I could take the somewhat swing on Tarasenko. So I think maybe I'll play it somewhat safe. No, you know what? I'm taking Tarasenko. I'll, I'm curious to see who Ben's going to take. I guess he's probably going to go Buchnevich because he loves him so much. Uh, but yeah, Tarasenko, maybe he's like lost it. And from what we saw last year, obviously he wasn't producing like what we're used to. But he used to be like the solid like 70 point guy. And I'm going to hope that he's had time to heal over the summer. So maybe I maybe I blew this one, but I, I still like Tarasenko. I'm going to use my host veto power here just to break the rule for a second about commenting on picks, just to add like the background on Tarasenko that Jeremy Rutherford at The Athletic uh, put in an article yesterday, today's Sunday. So yesterday or the day before about Tarasenko's status and why we haven't heard anything for so long and whether anything's changed. Uh, Essentially, no, he still doesn't expect Tarasenko to be with the team to start the year, that something's going to happen. Maybe with the Islanders, their team who keeps coming up. I think he also mentioned the Rangers. Uh, So I like, yeah, I, I think Tarasenko is a really interesting pick because we don't know what team he's going to end up on and how big a role he's going to be able to play. The one interesting nugget that uh, Rutherford mentioned in the article is that if Tarasenko stays in St. Louis, like if a trade is not worked out, they're going to put him on like the third line and not give him a whole lot of opportunities because they don't, no one wants him there. He doesn't want to be there. They don't need to juice his trade value. They're just going to wait. So uh, we'll see what happens. And for the sake of your team in this draft, Elon, I hope Tarasenko uh, finds a new home before the season begins. All right, Ben, I'm sorry for for putting you off. You can go ahead with your fourth pick. Thank you, Elon, for taking Tarasenko. I really wanted to get Buchnevich here. Uh, There's upside, and I think there's a a really solid floor there. Uh, Braden Shin. Not especially, not especially exciting to me in a points-only league after last season. And Vladimir Tarasenko, I would have taken him, I think, if he had fallen. Just because, why? Like, if I'm gonna take a swing on him this season, why not let it be this draft? Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm very excited to get Baby Booch back on the squad. <laughs> All right, Dave, you're up for uh, round twenty. All right, so I'm gonna kick it over to the Columbus Blue Jackets. I see. But there's one guy that I really like on the Blue Jackets and then a bunch of question marks. So I'm going with Bjorkstrand just because I think he's one guy that I might kind of 
be able to rely on. Uh, but that remains to be seen. Maybe I'm just, it's a very possible he's not even in the top four of scoring in Columbus. No, I think I agree with you that I would have Bjorkstrand or Bjorkstrand or whatever you said uh, first on Columbus. That's who I would go with as well. But I'm not complaining with having second pick here. I think if this was, again, a multi-category league, I maybe wouldn't go with Jacob Voracek because there's guys that Voracek are going to be feeding that might be able to put more pucks in the net, maybe take more shots. But I think for straight up points, I think Voracek is very likely on the top line and on the top power play and hopefully going to rack up the assists. So I'm... Very happy to get Voracek, my, I guess, now third player that's on a new team going into next year. So going against my philosophy, but I still consider Voracek to be a bigger question, or I still consider Line to be a bigger question mark than Voracek, because I just don't know if Line has it anymore. I mean, I hope he does, but Whoa, I think Voracek for let's sure not- has got it. Let's not blow each other's spots up here. Right. Yeah. Hey, this is Ben up next. Okay. <laughs> he knows what's up. Pat- Patrick Laney? Is that who we're talking about? Um- yeah, I uh, I really wanted to go first or second here. Uh, we talked a little bit about having players like when uh, when Brian took Perron, how it's uh, not who you expect to go first overall. And I find it really interesting that this might be the only team where the first player picked is on the second line, right? Uh, and that's kind of the weird thing about Oliver Bjorkstrand. Um, I'm gonna I'm between Jack Roslovic and Patrick Laine, to be honest with y'all. And uh, maybe maybe I'm just trying to give you guys a little ratings boost here with this hot take. I'm going to take Jackie Roslick. Okay. There, do you want to, like, add any more context to that pick? No. Okay. Because, like, usually when, Ben, like, a little, little tip, and I think you know this, judging by your podcasting history, but when you drop a hot take, you usually don't just say, my hot take is... And then pass the mic. I mean, it's pretty obvious. Like, Roslovic had many more points than Line last year, right? So, I mean, yeah. that's the reason why you go Roslovic. And I think he's the top line uh, center. And I think that he's probably top line, top power play, which gives him a really solid floor. I Can think I just... Line also gets those spots, but we've seen him struggle quite a bit. And so, yeah, I'll go with uh, I'll go with Jackie Roz. Okay. Uh, can can I just get a sense also, and this is, sorry, this sounds very skeptical, like I'm challenging you, but I'm curious. You say uh, Roslevic on the first line, Bjorkstrand on the second. So who do you see as the second line center and the first line right wing? First line right wing is going to be line A. And, okay. the and second, Voracek, yeah. like line A and Voracek with Roslevic on yeah. the first line. And okay. then I think it'll be Bjorkstrand playing with Texier and... I don't know. Who even knows? Yeah. It could be Sean Corrali second, yeah. second line. It could be Kevin Stenland. It could be anyone, literally. It's uh, Kevin Max, Stenland, yeah. We haven't even mentioned Max Domi, but I mean, he's, he's going to miss some time to start the year anyway, and Columbus has been trying to move on from him as well. Isn't that I, actually, I think the most disappointing pick of the entire Seattle expansion draft was Gavin Bayreuther from Columbus because they picked him. And then he walked right back to Columbus. Like he, he's on the, he's back on Columbus's roster. He wasn't traded back. Uh, you just like Seattle didn't want him. So they didn't want someone Columbus. from Columbus. That's fair. Well, I, I, don't, I don't either. Yeah, but Max Domi was there, but he has a contract. Like he's injury. He's injured. He has a contract. Like teams don't have to make these decisions. And you know, it's not like in fantasy where they could just put him on the IR and then like have an open spot to stream. It, it would be surprising. It's surprising to me that they wouldn't be able to parlay Domi into some kind of value that is higher than zero. I have, I have a Max Domi take. Okay. Max Domi, more like Min Domi. There you <laughs> okay. go. 
<laughs> I, Max do you. So Brian, if you listen to my interview uh, about the Columbus Blue Jackets with Allison Lucan, I believe she said that they were smart to not take Domi. That was an a, official quote from Allison Lucan that, you know, in, in, I don't know if you, maybe you don't play in Dynasty League. Sometimes there's players that you just don't want because their contract doesn't match their abilities. I get it. I get it. It just, I, I'm trying to remember now who else was exposed. There had to be one other... Anyway, they just they didn't want a contract. And there we heard wasn't. all about how Ron Francis loves flexibility. I get it. Like Max Domi is a bit of a poison pill. Sure. Uh, okay. Columbus is not very good, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my fourth pick is very simple, which has given me all the time to talk about everyone else's Columbus thoughts. Uh, Patrick Liney, for me, I'm happy to have him. Honestly, Jack Roslevic was like in the same neighborhood as Warensky for me. Um, but yeah, like you said, Ben, this really could work out in any kind of direction. For me, Dave, I think Bjorkstrand was the sure pick from Columbus. So good on you for grabbing him first. And now Elon, it's you for to try and make uh, your surefire first pick from a new team. All right. So yeah, I'm going to take a pick that it might be the kind of thing where it ends up being pretty horizontal across these four picks, but how can I not just take Ovi as first on Washington? I think he's the most likely to be a point per game. And he just you know, signed this new big contract. He's, he's in there for the long haul. He's going for Gretzky's record. He even said it. So I think Ovi's going to continue to maybe not be like the sure shot 50 goal guy he used to be, but a solid like 40 plus goal guy throwing another 30, maybe 40 assists close to point per game. So I'm not going to overthink this. Take an Ovi over on Washington, and Ben, you are up. I think I'm going to make a somewhat controversial pick here. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, and this is not controversial. I'm going to take John Carlson. Not controversial. Uh, a lot less controversial than Roslevic ahead of Liney. So, yeah, I, I, I think Carlson is the sensible second pick. In fact, I'm confident I saw one projection that had John Carlson ahead of Alex Ovechkin, which is possible, especially if Ovechkin misses time, but he he can't afford to miss time. He wants to catch Gretzky. What makes you say that he'll miss time? Like, why would Ovi miss time? He, like, never misses time. That's true, but he's older. And that, again, he never misses time. Like, at some point, I feel like it's going to work against him that <laughs> he's never missed time rather than for him. Maybe. Uh, Last year, yeah. he missed time because he watched a soccer game or something with his <laughs> friends. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe he'll make some other just irresponsible, poor decisions rather than get injured, uh, except that wouldn't be very Ovi. So uh, let's hope he plays all 82 games and scores 90 goals. Go Ovi, go. Uh, and I would have him ahead of Carlson, too. Uh, I will happily take Nicholas Backstrom third on Washington. I mean, his ceiling is not as high as it once felt like, you know, he felt like a guy who could be point per game. And then he fell, I don't know, into the mid seventies. It hasn't really been a big shift for him. He's held up pretty well uh, in lots of leagues. He's a really tough guy to roster because he doesn't offer a whole lot aside from assists and power play assists. But in this points only league, I'm very pleased to have him. I think where he belongs third overall on Washington. Yeah, fourth was the one spot that you don't want to be picking at here for Washington. So now I'm stuck between either like Tom Wilson, Kuznetsov, but I'm just going to go with TJ Oshie here and just kind of go with hopefully like a 60-point floor uh, with the opportunity for more, but I'm not too happy about it. So sucks to you, Elon. (laughs) Sorry about that. All right, Ben's up. Couple of interesting choices here. 
I'm going to go back to my former hometown of Calgary and take uh, my boy, go Johnny, go Goudreau. Yeah. Why wouldn't you take Goudreau first overall? I mean, in a regular league, we've all cooled, I think, a lot to Johnny Goudreau as a high-end fantasy option. But when you're looking for the best score on Calgary, I don't think you have to look much further than him. And I don't think it's terribly in debate, although I don't think... Uh, I, I don't think it's uh, it's impossible to think that Elias Lindholm might come reasonably close to Gaudreau in points this year. There's another player I could take who's a little safer, but I think I'm going to go ahead and walk with Elias here, hoping that he can catch Johnny Gaudreau, uh, you know, and just continue playing a lot of time. And I, I have to break my drafting a flame rule that has developed slowly over the last three seasons to do this, but I am happy uh, to be drafting second on Calgary rather than fourth. So Elon, I'm really curious to see who you pick, but first Dave, you've got third. I will take the other Chuck and uh, force Elon's hand here. Yeah. I mean, first of all, I kind of think it was wild to not take Chuck maybe first on Calgary and especially second, but I guess it could be close between the three of them. Uh, I was kind of hoping when I, when he fell to third, that maybe I could get him to fall one more spot, but obviously that was wishful thinking. Yeah. So I know that he's fallen out of favor, but there's really not another good option here aside from Shawnee Monty. So I'm going to just take Monahan and hope that he can get back to being that really strong top line center that he was at one point, or if he needs to get traded, you know, whatever needs to happen, Sean, boring old Sean to get back to being the 70 ish point guy, or maybe even at this point, I'll take a 60 point pace. It would be better than what he did last year. So no good luck to me for three. For three years in a row, I think, like, he had exactly 60 points, like, exactly 200 shots. Like, you could just write it in stone. But, yeah, I guess he kind of slipped off here a little bit. That okay. makes sense to have Monaghan fourth. I, I, like, you could have gone Manjapani, and we're getting some some Dylan Dubé hype once again going into the season. But it is pretty hard to look past Monaghan, who may be out of favor in Calgary and may deserve to be out of favor in Calgary, but I imagine he's still centering one of those top two lines. And yeah, I could definitely see Kachuk leading the team in points, but he's still, I think, on the second line, which makes me less interested than some of those first line players in Gaudreau and Lindholm. But uh, that means it's my turn to pick first. And I was actually going to go Calgary, Ben, because it was more of a defensive pick than anything because I didn't want to pick fourth on Calgary where Elon ended up. But I'm going to head over to Philadelphia where I think it's one of uh, one of a handful of teams remaining that has a clear, uh, very clear number one option who has some injury history for sure. Sean Couture has not been the healthiest person in the league or on the team over the last uh, couple of years, but I think he is going to... Uh, God willing, if he's healthy, lead the team in scoring. So I'm going to head over to Philly and go Sean Couturier first, which brings us to you, Dave. Second pick on the Flyers. Who you got? Yeah, and I think this guy is a pretty solid second overall. Not probably someone who's going to be able to match what Couturier does, but has in the past. So I'm going to go with Giroux here. I was kind of hoping Giroux would fall because now I'm forced to take Travis Konechny, who has shown us really high highs, 
but also some concerning lows in his deployment, which leads to him not getting a lot of points. But uh, I think at this point, you know, third pick on Philly, I'll take connecting. Brian, Brian, by the way, just to respond to something you said about Calgary, if I were to bet going into the season, I think they're going to go back to that top line of like Lindholm centering Gaudreau and Kachuk. So I see that all three of those guys as top liners. Then Monaghan centering the second line with whoever, Dubé and like Blake Coleman. Or maybe obviously it, we'll have to wait and see what happens. Was that their lineup to end the season? I'd have to go check. I know that there was a stretch where it was Lindholm centering that top line. But I, I, thought, like it was, to I thought it was this. early. I thought it was yeah. prior to Daryl. Like, that's why I am hesitant to, to, I wouldn't have considered Kachuk in the top two. I thought it was a very clear top tier because his deployment really fell off under Sutter. Suter. I see Kachuk ending the season over the last 10 or 20 games or so. Largely with Lindholm and Gaudreau. So there you go. Kachuk, Lindholm, Gaudreau. So yeah, that would make Kachuk a first line player. This memory of mine, guys, it's a steel trap. It's amazing. I kind of, (laughs) I kind of feel like, like Monaghan is going to get that fresh reset, but it's a great, it's a great pick, Elon. It's a great, great note to make because a lot of us weren't watching Calgary last year. They weren't a lot of fun. It wasn't, uh, especially when Daryl Sutter came on and uh, I, again, have this just revulsion to Calgary with the way their team, their players have treated my fantasy teams lately. So that's a great, great catch. Great tip. Thanks. Ben, it's your pick on Philly. Yeah. Number four in Philadelphia for me, it's between James Van Riedensteig and Joel Farabee. I, uh, I find them both to be probably similarly floored players. Um, I think JVR ceiling is a bit safer but I want to take the upshot on uh, Joel Farabee because I think it's kind of fun to do so. So I will go with the Farabee. All right. And uh, someone had to do it. I'm surprised he actually lasted this long because he could potentially win the draft here. Could also lose it. But I don't think so just because I don't think anyone else on this team is going to really score that many points outside of him. And it's Jack Eichel of the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, could yeah, could give me a big old goose egg. Uh, could give me eighty. Could give me ninety. Could give me a hundred. Who knows? What do you guys think? I would not have made that pick, but I'm a wimp, and so I'm worried that he's going to be injured. I'm a lot more worried about him being injured and missing a lot of time than Malkin. So uh, I'm happy to let you take Eichel. I have second on Buffalo. I would have rather this would have been a good team to have fourth on because like who even knows at this point? I have like three other guys on this team that I think are the clear like next three and then maybe there's a dark horse in Dylan Cousins who I wouldn't take but uh the one I am gonna take ah who should I take here I, I guess I'll go Olofsson who like I, I, he'll need someone to pass him the puck I don't think he's like the most amazing like play creator and like you know uh play driver but he has a good shot he'll likely be on the top power play could be a mistake, but uh, you know it's really hard to predict this team that's potentially in the running for being a Cockney Emmy. Or, but uh, yeah, I guess I'll take Olafson here. I was hoping that you would uh, you would go Deline and let me have the Olaf man, uh, but I guess I'll just have to take Rasmus and hope that he uh, he shows that upside that we uh, that we all thought that he had coming into the league. Don't draft Jeff Skinner. Don't draft Jeff Skinner. Don't draft Jeff Skinner. Friends don't let friends. Jeff draft Skinner. Jeff I'm going to take Jeff. No, I'm uh, I think uh, I I really want to take Jeff Skinner. I'm not going to lie. I I have a lot of a lot of patience for him for no apparent reason. It's unfortunate he's just wasting away in Buffalo. I think there's more 
that he could do. Why? Like, I, what makes you think that? Like, I know he scored 40 goals a million years ago, but have you actually watched him play and seen something to make you think there's more he can no, do? No, not lately, but it would, who, what Buffalo Sabre could you have said that about last year? I don't know, Reinhardt. I don't know. All I'm saying is like, uh, you're sounding like a Galchenyuk truther or something. His underlying saying. numbers aren't that bad, though. Yeah. Especially for like, but you have no reason to think he won't be in the bottom six. And this I'm is just also... saying he should be higher on Buffalo, a team that sucks. I did scream, no, don't do it at my computer on mute when you said you were going <laughs> to pick Jeff Skinner, though. Uh, you know, the refrain was also during his time in Carolina. It was it, it was the exact same conversation we just had minus the bottom six part. It was, yeah, I know he scored 40 goals 100 years ago and his underlying numbers are good, even though he's not putting up much on the score sheet. I'm just can saying. I use, can I'm I use open. host veto power to say no more Jeff Skinner talk? Like, we Would can't you, give you him a... for Kaniemi to Jeff Skinner. Oh, 100%. Like, at this okay. point, or just in terms of fantasy, I just feel like I don't want to have a fantasy podcast. At that point? <laughs> I don't want people to think that this is a podcast that spends time talking about Jeff Skinner instead of talking about useful players that might actually help you in fantasy. So, Brian, well, who you got? <laughs> it's pretty hard to find useful players who might actually help you in fantasy on Buffalo, but why not uh, just go ahead and take Casey Middlestat, who, Elon, I know you like more than I do because he did show some promise in short little runs, including one towards the end of the season. In fact, over his last uh, 22 games of the year, he had 17 points. Of course, he shot over 20% in that span and didn't even average two shots per game. So none of that is terribly encouraging to me. But hey, someone's got to play center on the top line, and hopefully it's not whoever the return for Jack Eichel is. So I am going to go ahead and Dave, by the way, I really respect you taking Eichel first. I almost did it with my Philly pick and I like, I, I I'm, I'm kicking myself just a little cause it could be a draft winning choice for you. And but, I also get the point, even though he's not on Buffalo potentially. Right. So you just have to hope he goes to a new team quickly. He gets whatever treatment he needs and he's ready to play with at least half the season left. And I think that scenario could get you uh, the highest point total amongst all Buffalo players. So we'll see how that shakes out for you. I'm going to go ahead and take Casey Middlestat with my fourth pick on Buffalo. Uh, So that means Elon, we are in round 25 of 32. I guess we're down to a lot of teams where no one sees a huge gap between the top and bottom or even the top and second or third player. So who are you going with as the 25th team selected in our uh, fatal four-way draft? Yeah, I'll get to that in just a sec. Uh, I will comment. Uh, it's interesting on Buffalo that like Cousins didn't get taken in Middlestat. And I, I like Middlestat. I think that I know Matthew is saying here in the chat that he it was a big mistake. Uh, like he had a strong end of the year. It seems like like at one point he was expected to be an up and coming guy. And then last year, he actually showed us something. Unlike the that who, the he who shall not be named anymore, who hasn't been getting opportunities anymore on Buffalo. So I think Middlestat was the pick. I might have even taken him over Darlene, but who knows? Like with this team, Dave, I have a question for you. If I offered you right now Tarasenko for Eichel would you take it are we allowed to trade fab no um (laughs) I would would not oh I would I'll be honest like I'm really worried about Eichel missing like more than half the season with injury so it doesn't matter what team he's on for me I wouldn't want him I really don't think he's that injured I think he's just saying that oh yeah well but I (laughs) Even if he's not injured now, once he has the surgery that he wants, he'll need to recover from it. Anyway, 
We'll this see. is like injury prediction, Dave, coming yeah, back. Yeah, I love that take. <laughs> like just Dave's cousin heard from their like third best friend that uh, who who knows somebody who was dating someone in Buffalo's front office who's like, no, he's really actually, it's fine. He's, he's going to be totally fine. <laughs> he just wants out of Buffalo, which would be reasonable. Okay, so actually, I kind of like this pick. I'm glad that this pick fell to me. Uh, I think this is a clear top scorer on the team. We don't have a lot of those left. A lot of these teams that we have remaining, it's kind of even hard to pick the top player. But uh, give me Nick Suzuki on Montreal. Yeah, there's other good options. I don't think any of you are going to be too upset with the player you get from Montreal. But I think Suzuki, you know, paced for 60 points last year in only his second year in the league. I think the upside could be even higher. Maybe he approaches 70 if all uh, shakes right. I think he's clearly now the top line center uh, with no competition, right? Deneau is gone. We'll see what happens with Kakuniemi. But regardless, this is Suzuki's team. He's the star. He's going to get the best deployment. So yeah, give me good old Nicholas Suzuki. So I got both sides of the Suzuki for Pacioretty trade. I uh, had Nick Suzuki second in Montreal's oh. ranking, so I'll happily take the guy who did approach 70-point pace this season in Tyler Toffoli. I, too, had uh, Toffoli first over Suzuki. Suzuki had that amazing start, right? And then he went super cold. Uh, he just you know, wasn't converting as often. I think he might have struggled with taking on a, a bigger role as the season went on and opponents learned about him and keyed in. And uh, so, yeah, so that would be uh, one reason why I would prefer Tyler Toffoli to Nick Suzuki. But hey, to each their own. That's the beauty of this draft. And my own third on Montreal. And I think this might be controversial. I'm, I'm curious to hear the group's thoughts on this. Uh, my pick is going to be Brendan Gallagher, who is not the player that I I think he once was. And I don't think he's going to have that opportunity anymore because, Elon, you've gone on at length about how Montreal has their top scoring line set now. It's not going to be scoring by committee. And Brendan Gallagher is not going to be on that top scoring line, whereas in the past, the line of him to Tarin to know was just amazing at generating offense, even though they weren't amazing at converting they were really good that way. And now uh, two thirds of that line is gone. Only Gallagher remains. So we'll see who he generates with this season, but I'm hoping it's enough to at least stay reasonably close to Toffoli and Suzuki as the third highest scoring hab. Yeah. And I was fully ready to take my first defender here, I believe, but instead I will pivot to take a uh, cool Caulfield. Cause I think someone that is going to be, they don't have any reason not to stick with him on top deployment. So I guess we'll see. All right. So that takes Montreal out of the picture and brings us to you, Ben, picking the 26th team. This is your second last selection to pick first on. So where are you going to go with such a valuable, valuable choice? Well, first, Brian, I'm going to waste some time talking about the last round of picks uh, (laughs) because this is the first time I think where two players did not appear in my own top four. Brian, I, I really don't like Brendan Gallagher as your pick. I think he's, I think he's down in the middle six in a non-scoring role like Elon. Um, I would have taken Mike Hoffman. I think he's the obvious the obvious guy who's going to be a trigger man on the top power play. Uh, could play opposite Suzuki and Toffoli on a top line or uh, or Suzuki and Cole Caulfield. So I, I really like uh, I like Mike Hoffman. I, I would have been happy to get him in at third or fourth here, even though I was pleased to get my first overall pick with Toffoli. Uh, I'm going to take us to Winnipeg, where I believe that I'm now getting the the best player left on the board among the final six or seven teams. I'm going to take Marcus Shifley. <laughs> His name is not actually Marcus, right? Yeah, it's, it's Marcus short for Marcus. 
Mark S. Not Mark always. S. Mark, Mark S. Shively. Okay. Mark Shively off the board. This is very, this has very, uh, you picked Crosby. I got Gensel. And I agree with you that Shively is one of the best remaining on the board. And I think it's very analogous. Uh, the Crosby to Gensel, as is Shively to Kyle Connor, who I am going to take second on Winnipeg. Another team where I think you could legitimately choose uh, any three players as the second highest score. So good on you, Ben, for getting the one who's likely, uh, who seems likeliest to stand head and shoulders above the rest. And then I will go Kyle Connor with my second. Elon, I'm really actually interested. Oh no, it's Dave's pick next, but I'm interested to see if anybody calls me out for picking the wrong second guy. Yeah. I mean, I could see any of these four guys all being interchangeable, really. So that's why I kind of had Winnipeg low on my list. But I'm going to go with overliable Blake Wheeler here and leave uh, maybe the best player of them all to Elon here last. Yeah, I'm super stoked to get uh, Nick Ehlers here. I didn't expect that he'd fall so far. I think this is the year we've been having. Actually, there was a question in our Discord recently where someone asked, it's like one of these complicated keeper leagues where when you keep a player, it's like you also keep them at the round you're keeping them in. So it was like you could keep Nick Ehlers as an eighth or it was like Rupe Hintz as a 16th. And everyone said, ah, keep Hintz because you get all that better value because then you get to use your eighth pick for someone else. And I was like one of the lone voices saying, like, I think I just keep Ehlers because I think that we're on the verge of a break. It's like last year doesn't count as a breakup, which it clearly does because he was a point per game for the first time in his career. I think there's room to grow. Like, I think there's room for more. And my interview with Murata Tesh, like, he agreed with that. He thinks that he believes, forever, for whatever it's worth, that this is the year he's going to get that top power play spot. And I could see Ehlers just exploding and being, like, a potential, like, 85-point guy, you know, maybe. who I don't want to go too crazy, but I think he could be in the same spot as Shifley. And even if not, like, the floor is so high. So, obviously, this is a good team that uh, there's a reason why Winnipeg is taking so long to get picked, and it's because all four picks here are pretty good but yeah very happy with Ehlers and by the way guys I'm a rule follower so I've been waiting patiently all this time to comment on Montreal unlike some of you who like to break the rules uh the reason why I took Suzuki over to Foley is again this kind of goes back to what I was saying before about I'm not putting so so much weight into last year and I'm just kind of thinking more in terms of yeah to Foley had more points than Suzuki last year but I think Suzuki is like the guy locked in in his role uh you know as the top line center and I think to Foley is someone who could potentially get bumped you know if so- whatever something's not working maybe they swap in like Mike Hoffman in that spot. I don't know, like Josh Anderson, like who knows what they could do. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I think Toffoli is a really solid pick, but I think that Suzuki is like the solid, like sure guy to always be the top line center. So that's why I wanted him over to Foley just to play it safe. All right. So with that, I got Ehlers. I got Suzuki. I'm loving my latest picks. And now it's Brian's turn. Let's see if Brian will make me sad. Okay. Well, I actually really, you've made me happy by talking that much because I'm really struggling to pick. So uh, for the record, the teams remaining are Seattle, San Jose, Anaheim, Arizona, Dallas, New Jersey. Those are the, the teams left. And I'm having a really tough time here. I'm not sure where I want to go, but I think, yeah, okay. This isn't where I was planning on going it. I ranked these teams. Okay. Okay. Scratch all of that. I'm no, this is very hard. I, you won't even know what teams I'm choosing between. This does not make good podcasting. I am going to go to oh, Seattle because I'm scared of fourth pick there. And that's the only reason uh, I don't love. I, I think the top three are pretty similar and I'm not that excited to even get first on Seattle. Uh, they seem to be building their team as like a strong two way 
team and strong, like hopefully is actually true. I am going to go. I don't even know. I don't even know who I want first. Uh, but I guess I need to decide. I'm really sorry. This is terrible. I'm going to go with, uh, give me Jordan Eberly first with Seattle. I don't know why, but I'm just going to just, I'm just going to roll with that. Jordan Eberly. I'm taking first on Seattle. Dave is who, who would you have taken first? I'm sure he's still available. That, ladies and gentlemen, best in the biz, Brian Kong with that uh, <laughs> sparkling piece of content there. All right, Dave, who, who you got next? Hey, Elon, play by the rules here, buddy. Wait until your turn here. Uh, no, I actually had one person ahead of him. It's Jaden Schwartz. And just because I think uh, the, uh, the Seattle Kraken's right wing is a little bit more stacked than their left wing. So I think it's just a little bit more of a sure thing that Schwartz is going to see that Primo deployment on top line, top power play without question. Um, whereas there's a possibility, maybe I don't think there's too much of a question that someone steals every spot on top line, top power play, but there's always a chance. So kick it over to you, Elon. Can you really say steal his spot when it's like he hasn't it hasn't been his spot yet? So we'll see. It obviously depends on what the coaching staff wants to do. I'm excited to take this pick here. Uh, maybe there's like a top line center that Ben's going to be happy to get, but he's injured to start the year. Uh, but I won't name drop any further. I'm happy to take Jared McCann here. Take a fun swing. So first of all, McCann is coming off a career year, uh, 32 points in 43 games with Pittsburgh, where he was just explosive at the end of the year when he got on the top power play and was getting that strong deployment with, I believe it was Malkin out. Uh, so he had a 61 point pace last year plus now we've got the effect of like he's like just such a prototypical like expansion team guy like he's like to me looks so much like a marshal so like someone who we we always thought was like had the potential to be a good player but never really got a big role on his team we saw him get a big role on pittsburgh last year and really flourish now i see he, i'd assume he has all the opportunity in the world according to leafs fans uh dubas is like the biggest idiot in the whole entire universe for letting this guy go so yeah i'm very happy to get uh, jared mccann here third on seattle yeah, that's a tough call. Um, I do really want to take Yanni Gord uh, because I think he's the best player. You guys cleaned out my top three. I I, I had McCann first, I'll be honest. I'm going to go with Eunice Donskoy, though. I just think uh, I, I'm playing for safety here. I'm playing to keep up with everyone. And where there's enough randomness built into how this team shakes out, I just want to make sure that I'm getting points. I don't want to get stuck with... Uh, with a lingering Yanni Gord injury that sort of leaves me in the dust. So I'll go with Jonas. Very reasonable pick. Uh, I always love to play it safe. All right, Dave, you're up for first on the next team. Goodness. Okay. So this one is tough. I think I'm going to go over. I see what you mean here, Brian. <laughs> We're getting yeah. down to the nitty gritty, but I think I'm going to go over to New Jersey and maybe take a little bit of someone who could be entering that third year upside here. And uh, the other Hughes brother, well, I guess the third one, I guess got to say now, Jack Hughes, um, just because I don't want to blow up anyone's spot, but really there's only, I guess there's maybe two other names. Hopefully I'm not, I guess you could argue maybe there's a fourth, but if there's anyone who's going to explode for 55 points in New Jersey, then it's going to be Jack Hughes, I think. So I'll take him here, top overall in New Jersey. 
Yeah, I don't mind that. Like, I mean, I don't mind that both in terms of like, I think it's a decent pick, Dave. And I also don't mind that for me because I get to continue my run of taking all the best defensemen in fantasy. And I think Dougie Hamilton is a solid bet to be around a 55, 60 point guy himself. Like I know I've said on previous podcasts that I'm not expecting him to necessarily be as good as Caroline. I think people are ranking him a bit too high in fantasy, just expecting him to just keep rolling exactly while there may be an adjustment period, but he's still like a really great player. And I think that he'll be there on the ice with Hughes and whoever else is on that top power play. And, you know, he's also going to get all those minutes. So yeah, I've, he joins. Who do I have here now? I've, I've got Hedman. I've got Yozy. I've got Makar, Quinn Hughes, Chris Letang, and Dougie Hamilton. I basically got all the best D. So why not continue it? Yeah, with Hamilton here. So, okay, Ben, you are up. Brian, I just want to let you know, I think um, I think it's important to say that you're forgiven for thinking through your decisions on the show because Elon reading out his defensemen on on his team might be worse podcasting. <laughs> you so. think that was worse? I disagree. <laughs> I think it was I, who's listening and like, oh, yeah, so he's adding Hamilton to Hedman and uh, nobody's keeping track of. Uh, I know the, that's why the, I need to no tell positions. them. There's no position. No, but they're not keeping track for a reason. Yeah, it's meaningless. The positions are meaningless. Brian, you're agreeing with Ben? Oh, my God. All right. Yes. Also, I think, Elon, just the fact that you're banking on like nine defensemen to have 60 point seasons isn't looking too great for you. I I can say from past experience in this format, past winning experience in this format, that D are the like I have landed with a lot of defense and won. But that was that was a different era. That was when uh, when. It so wasn't point? so obvious that they were. Well, I'm just saying. I, I think you're in good shape with uh, with a lot of defensemen. I don't discount it. I think it's a a sign of somebody making some good decisions. <laughs> hey, at the end of the day, I'm picking between Dougie Hamilton and whoever Ben's about to say, which I don't think is going to be the most exciting player in the whole world. So I'm not going to complain too much. Oh, don't How discount. Dare you? <laughs> uh, actually, I'm I'm picking the guy who I had. Uh, I think should have gone i have him first anyway by like a very very uh thin margin give me thomas tatar here uh top uh winger on uh on new jersey i think that his spot on the top power play and on the top line is just as safe as anyone that was the second most likely pick from elon you know elon is only picking defensemen or guys on new teams so uh you so you elon you really had no chance to dodge that there and dave thank you for picking new jersey this was the team i was really hemming and hawing over picking in the last round and then ultimately i was like i'm really scared of getting fourth pick on seattle whereas new jersey i actually it's a total toss-up between the top four i felt a little more strongly about hamilton than the rest and i will share from i've looked at two sets of projections so far and both of them have hughes ranking sixth in scoring on the devils and i just i'm not buying that i, I like hughes uh as the highest upside player in new jersey but i suppose the projectors that i have looked at so far aren't i'm totally buying in that this is the year he can step forward i'm buying in but now I'm like, well, what's wrong with me? What? Are, so I'm going to have to read a little more deeply into the projections I've gotten so far. Uh, so this leaves me with, so we've got Hughes, Hamilton, and Tatar gone. And I am left with uh, Nico Heischer or Jesper Bratt. And I'll, I'll name Pavel Zaka, even though I don't think he's quite on the same level as both those guys. But he has a decent chance of proving me wrong. I am going to go with... Well, Jesper Bratt seems more likely to be on the top line, but Nico Heischer seems to me to be the better player. This is really tough. I am going to go with Jesper Bratt 
assuming that Nico Heishier doesn't get an opportunity to really play on the top line enough. Um, so give me Brat as the fourth Devils player, which means, Elon, you are about to choose your very last first team. Yes, okay. So this is like a situation where it's either I'm taking like between all players that I don't have much faith in or teams where like I feel like it's so super even that it really doesn't matter who I get. So I'll just stall for a second by making a comment about Seattle. I think Callie Yarncroft is someone that could end up surprising us. I'm just throwing his name out there. Uh, but okay, let's go to Anaheim. I guess let's have some fun, right? Uh, we don't always get the opportunity to have fun. You know, we all have jobs. Some of us have kids. Uh, you know, we're playing fantasy, very stressful. Uh, we've been organizing the couple, which is going to be a lot of fun, but it's a lot of work. But Brian, I'm just going to here lay back, enjoy myself. I'm going to Anaheim and I'm going to take a potential Calder candidate in Trevor Zegras, who I expect to be like the best bet to be a rookie that is like center is like the top line, top power play guy on their team. It's just who's the sec, the first line center. Like, is it Adam Henrique? Is it, you know, Ryan Getzlaff? I don't think so. So let's do it. I'm going to Anaheim and I'm taking Trevor Zegras. Anaheim was a team. I really didn't want to pick first because I didn't want to have to, to call my shot. Uh, uh, Zegras is like the, the upside guy. It's, Kind of a situation like Buffalo, though, where you could lap the competition or you could wind up finishing third or fourth uh, with Trevor Zegras. I'm going to go with uh, with Maxime Comtois. I just think that he's he seems to be the guy in line for a very safe floor. There's a, a, a third player on this team who I, I would have considered as well. And I assume that Brian is going to take him uh, right after I uh, stop talking now. Yeah, so I, I have to say, Ben, and maybe um, I would love to get just a little more thoughts on Comtois from you, who's entering his age 23 season. Uh, he's uh, paced for 49 points last year in what was his first full-ish NHL season. What are we really, like, wh- where are you seeing his points upside? Because, I, like, equally surprising. 50 points. Okay. That's it. Okay, because equally surprising to how low Jack Hughes is amongst Devils uh, is that Max Comtois is one of the the highest or second highest Anaheim Duck and someone who's mid to high 50s in the projections I'm looking at. I'm just not sure if this is like a fun swing to take or uh, if there's a lot more to it because Comtois just didn't strike me in what I've seen from him in the last season plus as being someone who can really be someone dominant, especially, you know, he's a winger. He's going to need a center to work with. And you've got Zgras, you've got Henrique, you've got Steele, you've got Getzloff, but none of these guys have shown yet that they can really handle centering a successful scoring winger, which brings me to Ricard Raquel. <laughs> I as mean, my- before we get yelled at, like Zgras, I think oh, many people will say has shown it, just not in the NHL. But yes, oh, continue. Yes. Yeah, Ricard Raquel, of course. In, in the NHL. Thank you for making Yeah, I qual- qualify that. So yeah, I'll take Raquel, who I think I could have justified. You know I love Ricard Raquel. I could have justified him as being my first pick in Anaheim. I'm with you, Ben. They're not a team I was excited to take first from either because felt like the chips could fall in any which way. And it actually, not sure it matters whether you get first or fourth pick on Anaheim. So thanks, Elon, for biting that bullet on behalf of us all. And Dave, you have fourth pick, who I'm curious to see if he can outpoint any of the three guys taken so far. 
Yeah, I'm. Uh, I think there's a clear divide between the first three and the fourth tier. So, uh, not too happy about it. Uh, you took my boy Ricky Racks. I was thinking about going with Mister Sunday Night Adam Henrique, but I still am holding out. Maybe that Ryan Getzlaff can have one last good half season in him, and then maybe he gets traded off to a contender, something like that. I don't know. I'm not too happy about <laughs> it. If he gets 40 points, I will gladly take that. That could okay. still put him within 10 of the leading Anaheim scorer. So yeah, gets off his old. We know that. And I, I like your thought. I think my only thought is that if he does get traded to a better team, it's going to be like a Joe Thornton situation where he's going to be a depth guy. But hey. Oh, so top line, top power play? <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> touche <laughs> so uh yeah i guess i probably would have gone like whatever silverberg but okay ben doesn't really matter ben you're up who do you got your last yeah. first pick well elon i really don't it's it's hard to say but i guess i'm gonna go to dallas where i'm gonna take jason robertson okay yeah dallas is a team where a lot of players could be justifiable first picks i think robertson is one of those justifiable guys it's probably three if not four, I did say on a recent show that Pavelski is not going to achieve the heights that he saw last season. So he's not going to go second with me. I am going to go. I'm just going to, I think this is safe. I'm going to go Tyler Sagan second. He's healthy. He's ready to return. I think he's going to have to play a big role. And I am just feeling like it's going to be, it's going to be him leading Dallas in scoring or somebody else by three to five points. And boy, just hearing that come out of my mouth, I can hear that coming back to bite me at the end of the season. But there it is, Tyler Sagan, second on Dallas, which Dave still leaves you with some pretty good options. He frustrated me to no end last year, but whenever he played, he was absolutely fantastic. His name is Rupe Hintz. And if you're hurt, you're hurt. If you're injured, you're injured. Uh, I know he had some super weird injury that like he only knew the day of and things like that. So hopefully all that's resolved now because he's a great player and I'm happy to get him third overall in Dallas here um, much more than who Elon's going to take fourth. I mean, yeah, like I don't disagree that maybe Pavelski overperformed last year a little bit, but I'm not going to argue too much with getting last year's leading scorer on the team as the fourth pick. So give me Pavelski. Sure, I could like be a hipster like Brian. He did in some slow drafts and take Radulov, but I'm sure Brian did that more because of the multi-categories and Radulov's good for sometimes shots and hits. Uh, Yeah, give me Pavelski. Maybe he's not a you know point per game guy or whatever he was doing last year. I think he's a solid sixty point guy. I think there's a reasonable enough chance. I definitely like Robertson first. I like your pick, Ben. Uh, but uh, yeah, Pavelski seems good, and I like Hints also. So this is one of those, that's why this team has followed so far. I can see all four of these guys challenging to lead the team in points. So why the heck not? All right, Brian, second last pick in the draft. You're choosing between uh, San Jose and and Arizona. I'm choosing between San Jose and Arizona. Wow. Uh, Okay, so I guess I'm going to get first pick on one and fourth pick on another. And I'm going to make the choice. I'm going to choose the team that I'm most scared of getting fourth pick on, which is Arizona. Uh, The trucks outside agree with me. That would be terrifying. 
to end up picking the fourth player on the Coyotes. And I'm going to go, Dave, that, you know, we t- you talked about Getzlaff potentially being traded. Uh, I think it would be great for Phil Kessel to get the trade that's rumored to happen for him this season. I think a team will be very happy to plunk him on the top power play, top six, and just watch him go to town. So even if he does stay in the desert all season, I still think he's got a pretty good chance of leading the team in scoring. So give me Phil Kessel on Arizona, which brings us to you, Dave, with your second pick on the Coyotes. Oh, well, I would be remiss if I didn't leave Elon the top defender on the Arizona Coyotes. So I'm going to go ahead and take the best remaining forward on the Arizona Coyotes, and that's Clayton Keller. Yeah, you know, I could take Chikrin here, but I really don't know if he's going to be able to rack up the points so much. Hopefully he'll still be valuable in like multi-category leagues and be a solid like 45, 50 point guy, which is great for a defenseman. Not so exciting in a points only league like this where there's no positions. So I think I'll actually go for a guy that's been, a, well, I don't know, around that pace anyways, last few years. But uh, give me, I'm, not, I'm definitely not excited about this, but I think I'll take Nick Schmaltz here and then Ben could take Chikrin if he wants. Yeah, I don't have much to say about Arizona. So instead, I'm going to use my portion of this uh, pick to to combat, I think, the player name mispronunciation that has been driving me crazy the longest that I've never brought up before. Dave, you said his name is Rupe Hints. His name is not Rupe Hints, though that is a common belief. It is actually pronounced Rope Hints, as in rhymes with Cope Hints. Uh, I'm going to take Jakob Chikrin, though. I like that you said... Okay, there's a lot to unpack there, actually. Now that you just went with Jakob. Okay, all right. I'm just making sure. But uh, rope rhymes with cope. Usually when you say rhymes with, you name like a real word. Cope is a thing. Ryan, you know when like you and your spouse are both paying towards your insurance. Yeah. Okay, all right. Okay, great. Or when you and your uh, employer both pay for your health care. Wow. Some adult lessons here. Dave, don't listen to this. (laughs) Save the lone one in America outside Canada. Uh, Okay. So that brings us to the end of Arizona. Elon, I am surprised you resisted uh, Jacob Shikrin, but there you go. I, I don't think you were wrong to resist him, but I just thought you liked talking about all the defensemen on your team. And that alone would be worth it. Uh, which brings us to you, Dave, and you have no choice but to pick somebody on the San Jose Sharks. And this is this will be interesting to me to hear who you think is going to lead the team in scoring because uh, there's a lot of candidates here and some question marks around some of the usual suspects. Certainly tempted to double down here, pun intended, but I believe <laughs> I will just go with someone that I'm pretty confident will at least be in their top couple of scoring, which is Thomas Hurtle. Um, and I hope I mispronounced that. If- it's Tomash. <laughs> And again, I do apologize to all the listeners. I, I do always try to like go to um, all the the highlights before every stream scheme podcast I go to to try and match what the announcers are saying with their names. But in this kind of exercise, I couldn't couldn't go over what is that 122 some names. So apologies. 
I mean, I've listened to the stream scheme. It definitely does not sound like <laughs> you're you not are trying. Double- <laughs> <laughs> There's no way you listen to highlights before the game. You are you are the classic example of someone who loves to talk hockey, but watches it exclusively with the volume off, which is very familiar to me. All right. So uh, I'm going next on the Sharks. Hurdle is gone. Got to do it, I guess. Like this guy pays for over 70 points last year. I just hope he play. Like, I guess so. Yeah. Like Vander Kane, A, there's still the possibility of this investigation of gambling where then he's like banned from the league forever or something. Then there's the fact that his teammates apparently don't like him. So he might get traded. I guess that, that wouldn't be the worst thing, but I don't think that's going to happen or whatever, regardless, whatever. But if he doesn't get traded and he's not banned from the league, then he's in this lineup. And it's not as if this is such a deep team where they can bury Evander Kane. And so, yeah, I don't know. This is just a pick where I have all the reason in the world to be very nervous about it and to not especially like it, but I'm still going to do it. So give me Evander Kane. Uh, First of all, Dave, I want to be clear. I did not mention the Rope thing because of you specifically. Uh, you did remind me of it because you said his name, but it's I only bring it up because it's a thing that I hear all the time. Um, I would not. I couldn't take Evander Kane here. Maybe if I went fourth, um, I'd, I really don't. I don't think he plays. Um, I just can't see like the summer where Mike Hoffman, the, the rumors about Mike Hoffman and his partner, um, attacking and cyberbullying Melinda uh, Carlson came out. I believe that's her name. Apologies if I'm if I'm wrong. Um, you knew right away that that Mike Hoffman was never playing another game in Ottawa. I feel very similar vibes about Evander Kane. I wouldn't be surprised at all if Evan- if the NHL decided to suspend him indefinitely pending their investigation into the gambling uh, specifically. Um, but you know, that's not up to me. I'm just I'm just saying it because I think it's uh it's where my head is on Evander Kane heading into next year. I'm gonna go with Logan Couture. So you've got Hoodle, Kane, and Couture all gone. Those are my top three. So now I can look for a renaissance from uh from Burns or Carlson, or I can go with the safe, who I think is safer in Timo Meyer. Uh, and that is exactly what I plan to do. I'm going to take Timo Meyer as my fourth shark. I think Logan Couture uh, in the projections I've seen is low. And I, I've, I've been pretty outspoken about how the first part of the Couture season last year wasn't sustainable, but the last part also seemed very fishy. Like something was up and uh, he wasn't playing his best. And I feel like he's being projected to finish this season based on how the last 20 games of last season went and if that's the reason for it, I think that's a mistake. I like Logan Couture to at least come close to his usual 60-point pace. Meyer is not a lock for getting there, but I am very happy to still take him nonetheless ahead of, uh, you know, imagine, right? Brent Burns, Eric Carlson, even Kevin LeBanc were all supposed to be at least 50, potentially 60-plus point guys, and the Sharks aren't getting that or even close to that from that trio, which is unfortunate for them. Uh, but so that makes my choice pretty easy in finishing this draft, taking Timo Meyer. All right. So here we are 32 teams, 
four picks per team. And hopefully people have enjoyed listening to us hemming and hawing about these picks. I think that uh, we've got a pretty fun list here. It'll be really fun to check at the end of the year and see how we did. I'm already regretting the Evander Kane pick. Uh, ben convinced me that I should be way too nervous. But what am I supposed to do? It's like, I know how to look at hockey stats and project hockey things. It's very hard to project if players are going to be suspended or not. So anyway... All that said, uh, thank you so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, Hopefully all of these picks that we've made are going to be of interest to the listeners and help you decide in your leagues, especially if you're in a points-only league. But yeah, it's a lot of really interesting choices that we had to go through. And uh, the bottom line here is that we didn't end up picking a team, I think, that we would rather have Esperi Kakaniemi than the fourth player on. Though I guess we didn't ask about Anaheim. Dave, you took uh, Getzlaff on Anaheim. Would you have rather had Kakaniemi if he got traded to Anaheim tomorrow? Yes. All right. So there we go. That's the team. We've solved it. It's Anaheim. All right. So thanks again for listening. Uh, if you're interested in more Keeping Carlson content, we've got a ton coming at you over this next month. We're going to help you to get ready for your fantasy season. So make sure you're subscribed on your Apple Podcasts or your Spotify or Google. I just got an email from Amazon saying they're starting a podcast. So I submitted Keeping Carlson to there. So anywhere, anywhere you are, you're going to find our podcast. So make sure you're subscribed to get all the episodes coming up over the next month or so. Uh, if you're getting ready and excited for the fantasy season, but you're not currently set up to be playing in the cupful what are you doing this is going to be a really fun league and we definitely want to have you in it so check out cupful.com and if you've played before by the way you still need to register and we want to have you back for sure and if you've never played before start now i imagine you're going to have some fun you're going to be playing against some tough competition a lot of us play in leagues with our friends and if you're listening to a podcast like keeping carlson especially still in august i'm assuming you dominate your league so why not give yourself a little bit of a challenge play against other diehards and see if you can climb up to one day lose to ben in the semifinals of tier one like i did last year uh so uh that for all the information on joining a couple just go to cupful.com kkupfl dot com uh, we're also having a lot of fun with the patrons over on our discord and we had a really fun patron cast last week so a lot of stuff going on if you want to support our podcast so keep slash patron for all of that but okay i guess i'll take a moment to thank first of all ben burnett from the short shifts podcast which we do during the regular season where you know brian and i do the big show on sundays and then during the week ben and lewis have been like breaking down the news and notes from like the previous couple of days a couple times per week on a quick show and you know those guys are pros if you listened last year you know that short shifts is the best and plus ben thank you so much for all the great interviews you've been doing and ben we've got already one scheduled for you this coming wednesday with arthur staple about the new york islanders so you're gonna get more ben content coming in the near future and so ben do you want to tell people how they can keep up with all your great work sure yeah you should uh patronize yourself to the keeping carlson show and hang out with us in the discord feed and uh you can follow me at at ben burnett underscore sj is my personal account or at short shifts underscore kk is my uh i almost said my tv shows uh <laughs> twitter account but it's actually my it's not even a and you know what i said it wrong too there's no underscore it's just short shifts kk me and lewis hanging out doing hockey tweets thank you guys so much for having me this is always super fun and i can't wait to do another season of short shifts with y'all all right. And Dave, uh, you, of course, are the host of the stream scheme where you've been coming up with some summer content and obviously really fun every single week during the actual season where you look at the schedules and look at who are the best players that you want to bring in just for that short term. So if people want to follow you and all your great work. What should they do? Follow us on Twitter at NHL stream scheme and also follow all of the aforementioned keeping Carlson stuff. 
There you go. Okay. So I think with that, we are ready to cue the outro music. And Brian, why don't you go ahead and read us the credits? All right. This episode of the Keeping Carlson Fantasy Hockey Podcast was presented by Dauber Hockey and powered by our patrons, including our superest supporters, Tom, Derek, Rob, and Patty. If you want your names read in the outro credit, uh, head on over to our Patreon. There is a membership level for that. Also, oh, definitely a special thank you to Edward Swan, uh, who made a beautiful graphic showing the structure of the couple of you. If you're a visual person, go to our website, couple.com and see the beautiful pyramid Edward made showing how tier one, tier two, tier three, how it's all structured and start visualizing your path up the chart. Uh, Edward has also made a name for himself in our patron community for uh, making fantasy hockey team logos in exchange for donations, but he also does it in exchange for like donations to charities he cares about, but he also does it as his job. He's into graphic design and support, so if you want to see more of his work, Edward Swan, uh, you can find him at like40.com L-I-K-E 40.com also, thanks to brandonweeb.com for our usual logo art outro music by Pat Broach. This episode was researched with help from Dauber Hockey Frozen Tools, Dauber Prospects, Natural Stat Trick Evolving Hockey, Cap Friendly Hockey Reference, Hockey Viz, Hockey Database, Elite Prospects, and NBC Sports Edge. All right. Great job as always, Brian. Ben and Dave, if people want to check out the results of this draft, check out keepingcarlson.com slash team draft. And that will take you to the draft results. And that's linked in the show notes. Uh, we'll also link it over on our Discord. Uh, maybe you could also tweet at us. Let us know who you think won this draft. Are you Team Brian, Team Ben, Team Dave, or most likely Team Elon? But yeah, like I said, a lot more content coming at you. Brian, uh, take us out of here. All right. Thanks again, uh, Dave and Ben, who I know you guys always do your best. And we ask our listeners to do the same to make sure that fantasy hockey really is for everyone. <laughs>